1991, Caballero Pools and Spas has been dedicated to creating an outdoor living space that will provide endless hours of fun and entertainment for your entire family. They specialize in offering excellent service and delivering top quality craftsmanship at a reasonable price. They will transform your yard into something unique and distinctive, a customized masterpiece that reflects your individual preferences. Their experience will ensure that your new backyard is something you will be proud of for years to come. Whether it's a minor project or a large master plan, Caballero Pools and Spas will help you get there. Check them out at cabpools.com or reach them at mark at cabpools.com or call 714-309-2890. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Neon Wave. Neon Wave is an internationally local shop, a concierge to the modern nomad. They bring together carefully chosen surf, fashion, art, and snowboarding gear with a curatorial eye that's drawn to the best of the best, technicality, creativity, and sustainability. Their team is born from nature, raised by the wave, and nurtured by the culture they support. This is Neon Wave. We look forward to moving forward. Check them out at thisisneonwave.com. Earth Pack, customized eco-friendly retail and e-com packaging since 1989. In a time of increasing environmental awareness, Earth Pack is an advanced supplier of affordable recycled packaging for businesses of all sizes. EarthPack provides custom products and services and continues promoting sustainability while fulfilling the individual packaging needs of eco-friendly retailers nationwide. Check them out at earthpack.com.
Ladies and family, <laughs> brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Our guest this week, as you can tell, is a fabulous singer and musician. Woo! Charmony. Charmony, but he is a professional skateboarder. He's an artist and a surfer. He's had 20 years as a pro skating career. That's freaking amazing. He made a name for himself by applying his stylish and unique approach to difficult and technical tricks on large handrails. The guy went big. <laughs> and in doing so, it cost him. It did. He had many injuries, countless, I think a hip replacement, knee oh. injuries, and we'll find out more. But damn, this guy had the biggest video sections and countless magazine covers. Very successful, we're super stoked. But time and time again, like I said, injuries, all these uh, you know sidelines to recoveries really opened up your passions for for music and art and you know when one door closes others open up so yeah. you know he had a uh, he's had artwork at Toy Machine Ruka part of the Artist Network uh, network program and he's been showcased in galleries all around the world he's also a self-taught musician as we just heard He's released several solo albums and had songs in multiple skate and surfing movies. <laughs> He's currently employed at Vans as a wholesale marketing coordinator for California and Hawaii. <laughs> and we welcome the ever talented and amazing human, Mr. Josh Charmony. <laughs> Harmony. Look at that, Ryan. Dude. Dude. Thanks for that. having me, gentlemen. Thank you for. Great intro. Yeah, that was probably one of the best intros we've ever had. <laughs> right? Yeah. We said to every guest, but not really, because that was dope. That was that was <laughs> freaking dope. And, and um, seeing you post that on Instagram, like I was telling you before, I got choked up. Like Aww. that was sick. I wish I had a lighter just now. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because we would have been freaking lighting candles for that one. But dude, Thanks, man. we're here just to start it off. This is our second episode ever in our new digs here at Mercado yeah. in Newport Beach. Yeah, I'm going to just do a little, little, little roll around. Right, a little roll around. Yeah. Like this place is sick. little kind of art gallery slash museum, eclectic. Come in here for all your little tchotchke, like novelty, Hawaiian. Vintage, vintage. tiki. It's really cool. Yeah. It's Skate decks. Kind of yeah. a one-of-a-kind store that really you can't find this stuff in, in other shops in the country in the world so we're stoked uh jason and brad these guys uh have been really great you know op for opening up the shop for us and so cool. uh yeah. thank you brad yeah what was the other guy's name jason jason i don't know what his last name is but he is uh it's brad blankenship yes from ruka yes yeah. sick yeah he yes. was on your guys' show too yeah, yeah he was on the podcast yeah. too I, I listened to a couple episodes before i came on just to kind of that. <laughs> yeah and he's, at, he's been at quicksilver for the last couple of years i think so yeah. running running that president yeah. gm of quick yeah yeah sick but yeah, hey he was, he was there for let's uh let's start at the beginning okay. um skateboarding came first yeah skateboarding definitely came well around the same time oh I, really yeah yeah well so the first time I ever saw a skateboard, there was this kid in my neighborhood. His name was Aaron, and 
he was kind of a bad kid and his parents wanted to ship him to military school and this and that. And then, uh, and I, but he was such a good skater. We'll just, we'll just take what? a quick pause. It's all right. Yeah. We'll just let it zip on by. Part of the charm of our show. Yeah, the <laughs> Sirens, dogs. Authenticity. Right? Kids, no kids running around. <laughs> Yeah, so there was this kid, Aaron, in my neighborhood, and he was just such a, he, he was like kind of a bad kid, and I feel like in the early 90s, like most kids that skated were kind of like the bad kids oh, yeah, a little for bit. Sure. Like it was kind of looked down upon, it was a different vibe, yeah. but my parents, for some reason, I don't know why, they're just like so supportive and so mellow about stuff, and I saw this kid, Aaron, skating, and he could do like three flips and like frontside flips, I saw him do like a frontside flip off of the curb cut turn around, do a 360 flip, and I was like, that's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like, what is that, you know? And I was telling my dad about it, like, that kid Aaron, like, blah, 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 he did this and that. My dad was like, well, there's a skate shop, and it was called Blast at the time. Uh, I was growing I grew up in Alta Loma, which is, like, in the Foothill area, and uh, so I went to Blast, and, like, Secondhand Smoke was playing the plant, old Plan B video, and I was just like, this, this whole world. How old were you? I was probably 10, mm. you know? And this kid, uh, your neighbor, was a little older? Yeah, he was a little older, yeah. He, he got shipped off to military school like soon after that. But then I had another friend, Steve, that was into skating. And then I was friends with uh, these two kids, Tyler and Tim Cooper, who were, who were originally from Huntington. And then they moved to Huntington, just like right off Brookhurst. And so I used to stay with them like in the summer, like for months on end. And like, that's when I got introduced to surfing. We went camping with their dad and I was probably like seven or eight. And I remember there, we, we camped at Leo Korea. Oh, sick. And it was firing. And their dad was a killer surfer. His name's Scott Cooper. And you know, he's older now. He's probably in his, 70s mid 70s now but he he was just he, he knew the ripped. spots where to go he, he knew yeah you know and he and then he he you know after that like my buddy tyler and i were just like we want to surf and stuff so he you know pushed us in waves and got us going at seven yeah like at like seven eight like right yeah. after that so you and then you kind of got you found surfing before skateboarding i found surfing bef- before skateboarding but i couldn't surf all the time yeah my dad where, would have to take us Loma? Alta Loma, it's like, it's out in the foothills, like kind of a little bit past Pasadena and stuff like okay. in that area. Um, <clears throat> and then so started skating. I got sponsored by Active at first. What, what was that shop again? The first shop that Blast. you uh, Blast. Blast. Yeah, they were like a small, they had like a little warehouse and like all these like janky wood ramps and you could like buy a microwave burrito for like a quarter <laughs> like hey. that was that hangout so they it had was just it. a hangout yeah yeah, yeah. fridge and of drinks and so exactly sell whatever they Moms can to make would a just buck. drop their kids yeah. off there and then kids would just have free reign and it was sick like the set like good pros would show up there sometimes mm. like it was it was they, they had cool like scene. uh rails and little quarter pipes and stuff like, they did it was like more like flat bars flat. and like smaller quarter pipes and things like that kids like to skate and what, like did, what did you get pvc coping like just janky yeah yeah what was the first skateboard you got um i got a beer city slick board which is like beer cities from like milwaukee or something Hmm. and then i had cadillac wheels with venture trucks and it was like sort of random but 
I loved it. It was like the coolest board. It was, it was purple. I thought it was the sickest thing ever. And then the second board I had was a. Uh, uh, so when I started getting into skating, like the next year, I was like reading Thrashers and like learning about all the stuff. And as I was like 10, 11 years old, I had some friends that were around the same age, and so we started learning like the the like Omnitrans buses, and like we were like at super young ages like figuring out. We had like maps, like dude. We used to like when I was like ten and eleven, we used to go to LA. Like we used to just, just little kids, and we would get busted by cops. And like you guys are from Alta Loma, like what the, like what are you guys doing here? But just back then, it was just different. Like I don't know if you guys remember, but LA was like safe. Like it it was was, like I was yeah. It was so different. Like you could go to like downtown and get dropped. You would just have to be home at. When the lights came on, when the street lights came on, yeah. like you wouldn't really have to stick around your neighborhood. You could, you know, as long as your parents semi trusted you, yeah. <laughs> so you could go anywhere and just be back before dark. So this is like, came on. like no, no videos. You're looking at skate mag shots yeah. and you're like, oh, that because they named that place and you guys would just go map it out and find it. Yeah, we would go to Chafee <laughs> High School. That was like a really big one. Chafee High School. We'd even we'd even like take trains and buses to come down to the Huntington Park, the yeah. outdoor park, because there wasn't skate parks. You know, uh, there was yes. no like, it was all the spots that we skated were either street and then if there was a skate park, you knew about it through either like a magazine or from other, like a skate shop. But yeah. that was like, the skate shop was sort of like the central hub of knowledge, you know what I mean? There was yeah. no, it's not like it is today where there's Google helping you out and all that stuff. But yeah, yeah we, so, we see the parallels with surf shops and stuff and how you like, 100%. you grew up and that's like yeah. your incubator where you like learn everything about Yeah, they teach yeah. you like yeah. who's got the right of way, like how to not blow it or how to not be a kook and like just. Grom abuse and just straight, yeah. straight, straight, straight up be around stuff that you probably shouldn't be seeing, or, you know, at yeah. the early age. But it's, it's just part it's, of. It's funny that yeah, the surf shop and the skate shop, it's the same environment yeah. where you learn. You, you know, look up to the guys working the there. To everybody that's yeah, the hierarchy there. of the the kids that are either better skaters or better surfers, and they're the ones that dictate and they're cool and they set the trend. It's the same kind of thing, but parallels from surf and oh, skate. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But it's, sure. it's it's awesome that we, our generation, had that. You know, it's, it's a know, bummer I that agree. our kids, you know, I don't agree. get to don't get to have that experience of hanging out at a shop with your boys or your girls and having a blast and yeah, and like totally. exploring. Like you said, you're 10, 10, 11 years old. Oh yeah. Getting on a bus. Yeah. Who who rides buses now? No, no one. <laughs> Yeah. Now, we have, now, now we're tracking our kids on their phone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm giving you a phone because I don't want you to be on it, but I need to know where you're at all the time. Yeah. It's either that or a chip, and I'm not putting a chip in my kid. But no, yeah. the they're glued to the phone. <laughs> yeah, so I, dude, I grew up, like, as soon as I got into skating, it was just like we were traveling everywhere we could, possibly just from, you know, having a few bucks in your pocket and just like trying to. So the second board that I had, I got from this guy, Paulo Diaz, who's like, he was like an old pro for chocolate. I've heard um, of him. Yeah, like he, he had like long hair. He was like super sick. Like he, and girl and chocolate were like really big influence in my younger days. And so was Toy Machine. like. When I was really young, like the Toy Machine videos that came out, and then like Mouse was really big, like when I was a kid, and and so I would like buy boards from like pros and stuff, and this and that, and eventually, like as I got older, well, so when I was 
14, my dad got a job transfer from Southern California to Chicago. Oh, my gosh. So my parents moved. I was a Chicago transplant from, I lived there from 14 to uh, 17, and my parents moved back to Southern California. How devastated were you? I was devastated. Absolutely Chicago is not like, I mean, it's, yeah. It's not. There's no surfing. There's, there's, no, there's, no, there's skateboarding, well, there's but lakes crazy and, weather. Like yeah. you can't even skateboard yeah. like half the year. We were just, who, somebody we were just talking to recently. Oh yeah, parking garages, yeah, basement. Like that was where you yeah. skated in the winter. Dude, I had a flat bar and a basement space that was like as big as this, dude. I'd like push from this corner, hit, hit the bar, and then jump off the and slam into the wall. Like I was just all winter long. Like that. But was were you the cool kid coming from California to Chicago? That's how I met my wife. <laughs> <laughs> the charmer, charmity, charmed her. Look at this bronze, good-looking, like California dude. But when you, like, dad came home and said, "Hey, fam, I got a better offer. We're gonna move to Chicago." And you're like, "Wait, what? What? What did your dad do?" Uh, he he was in like a business that did moldings and stuff for a company, and so they they did plastics and all this different stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and. So he had a huge opportunity to become vice president, VP of sales out there and he took it. But then my mom's mental health took a decline because, you know, they, they got married in Santa Monica, like they had a long history in California. Yeah. And so it just like was, I think, a culture, culture shock for her, yeah. especially like all of her friends were gone. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was able to make friends through skating. Like I used to take the bus and the train yeah. to the city and I got like a sponsor there, RQ. They were amazing skate shop. They I loved, remember RQ. Like, yeah, they were yeah. amazing. Those guys are awesome. They taught me so much about how like what was just that etiquette. Name? He's and, like Indian or something. Yeah, he's right? Indian. His name's Shaq. Wasn't yeah, he? yeah, yeah. Yeah, Shaq. he's amazing. He used to come out here for trade shows yep. and all that stuff so you yep. probably met him over the years. But, like Shaq, Todd and Brian Quarles, they were brothers. Those dudes had, they just, they knew it was up. They had art backgrounds, music backgrounds. They were just really cool. They had really good etiquette. And they, like, my dad, like, brought me there, right? Like, when we, like, moved there and basically was like, this is your family now. Yeah, that's <laughs> and cool. So I basically got, I got a job there, you know, and then, you know, s- skated. I got to know this guy, Patrick Melcher, who now oh, owns, he's from Chicago. He yeah. now owns uh, Kingswell, or is one of the owners of Kingswell up in LA, the yeah. skate shop. Yeah. yeah, so when my parents moved back to California, Toy Machine Skateboards, their team like had kind of disbanded. Like Bam was on, um, and B- Bam, Mike Molnado, Brian Anderson, like all these dudes had left. And so the people that were left were Ed Templeton, Austin Stevens. Um, and then uh, Diego Buccieri was on there. And so when I moved back to California, I had all these like rails that I'd skated and I had footage of like in Chicago, like ledge lines and like certain things that were like kind of cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, like unique. And then so, so you, I came back and then I, I, was, I had a friend, my buddy Ryan Mulvey, who I still send stuff like from vans like just, I hook him up because he's just like all time he always gets Got it to take care of the crew he made my sponsor me video when I moved back so we were friends like in six or like we were when we were six years old we were friends so I moved back and then um, he makes a sponsor me video but we we went to all these spots that I knew in Southern California like out in Pasadena and out in San Diego and like all these different places that I knew that kind of fell off the map that were that were like more nostalgic, untapped. yeah. Like 
And so I went there, made a sponsored video, which is on Thrasher. Now you can watch it. It's like under the, the classics in Thrasher. And so I made that video. I gave it to Patrick Melcher. And then Patrick Melcher went to Ed Templeton's house of Toy Machine Skateboards in Huntington Beach. I was like, hey, this kid Josh just moved back with his family in Southern California, and I think he'd be a good fit for the team. Like, you should put him on. How or old at least you? give him a, a shot. I was 17. Okay. Uh, and I was, I was a junior in high school, or like summer, like junior and then summer, you know? Like, I'd moved back. And then so Ed watches it, and then he gave my video, or when Ed watched it, he called me when I was at school, like, this is like a couple, this is like a month into the school year or whatever. And I get home, my mom's like, Ed Templeton called. And I was like, what? No way. And so. You imagine? <laughs> like, yeah, dude, it was so Like, what are, your, what are the brands that you, you know, are fans of and you're, you know, like, who would have thought that you would have did, a call from did him? Did Melcher yeah. tell you he sent it to him? Oh, yeah. So it was you kind knew. of a plan. Okay. I was like, dude, I was like, because I wanted it to show up in a way that was not. Like, I don't want to just send it to, like, the P.O. box and then just get lost. Yeah, personalized. Yeah, you want it from, like... Yeah, if it's coming from this dude, like, you know Ed. Like, you guys have skated in contests, contests with, you know, with each other, so... And Melcher was pretty big time. Yeah, Mel, yeah mean, Melcher wrote for Black Label and was, like, what, you know, they had just had um, Label Kills video, which is a classic skate video now. Um, and, yeah, so... so Ed called and I actually didn't believe my mom at first because she was kind of like struggling a little bit with mental illness. So I was thinking like, man, like, is she making this up? Like, could it really be true? And That's then crazy. like, and then I called and it actually was him. And I was like blown away. And we talked for a really long time. He's like, dude, I'm just gonna send you some boards, like, you know. And then and then let's be in touch. You should come to Huntington and like, you know, come skate with me in Austin and this and that. So he sent me some boards and when it showed up, it was like. It was seriously like eight boards, like wheels, like shirts, like yeah. all this stuff. And I was and that's, just like, that's I, a huge deal, dude. I, I was especially like, when you I talk to the may owner. Have shed a tear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I bet. I mean, because yeah. decks are with, with skateboarding, it feels like it's way harder to get sponsored, especially by guys like him, because mm. they are really way more meticulous about who they put on. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because yeah, sure. you have to fit their whole ethos and their vibe and their look. And I wanted to kind of go back to when you you were at RQ, and so yeah. you cut you rode for RQ, yeah, and worked there, yeah. And then and I rode for another board brand called Black and White Ink that was like a Chicago brand. Okay, but go ahead. Sorry, I'm... no, it's fine. We just like to dive into like yeah. that, that Could... earlier years because I mean that trans like transplant there, but like because that changes your ski your skate technique because I mean in in this in the subculture of skateboarding there's subcultures of skateboarding for sure like, right yeah like, Te technique techniques and types and where you know like yeah because there's for. fresh yeah. and there's hash yeah. and then there's whatever emo or whatever right yeah. and what do you call consider yourself I don't know I always kind of identify I always figured like back in that era like people usually identified with like certain bands like you were like the black flag punk rock guy yeah. or you were like the souls of mischief like hip-hop guy yeah. or like whatever and i always loved like indie rock music and punk music so i f always felt like i 
didn't fit in, and a lot of the music that I had learned was from skate videos and 411s and stuff, so living out there, not a lot of people knew about the music that I knew about from skating as a subculture, but then on the other side of that, there was music that I learned being in Chicago that turned me on to old blues music and like certain things that were prevalent in that area that I yeah. feel really fortunate to have exposure to because back then there was just no way for you to learn about anything yeah. unless yeah. you had like a You're subject to your environment, you know, yeah. like wherever you're, you're at and what you gravitate to and yeah, like that's a whole different world, Chicago from Southern California. Yeah, 100%. I mean, yeah, you could get the music that that's sure. hot here, just like any top, you know, one hundred song. Yeah. Sure. What's yeah. crazy is we're it's it's all skateboarding and it's all surfing, but there's so many different tastes and preferences and and looks and styles and and whatever, right? Yeah. But yeah. that make it even more interesting. Yeah. And you know, you being a Southern California kid thrust into the Midwest scene. And then you you had to like take some of that on, you know, yeah, and, sure. and it helped it helped you become who you are, right? Like yeah. that mid Midwest kind of you know, because when I think of Midwest skateboarding, I think of way more unpolished and kind of like rough, like raw. Yeah, like more raw, yeah. more hash yeah. than LA skateboarding. You yeah, know? yeah, like not as fashiony, you know, just. Yeah, because like, when you think of LA, you think you know. If you said, "Hey, you know, name an LA skateboarder," who do you name? P. Rod or fucking Costin or like yeah, you, Costin. Yeah, Nija, Nija, yeah. and Nija. You know what I mean? Like those are such He's like San Clemente. Now, but. Yeah, surfer too. Yeah. yeah, catch surf kid. Yeah, but but for sure, yeah. There's you know the the look, how you dress, the music you listen. It's all you know. It's all encompassed together. You yeah. know, like it's but probably it's, a really good thing for your skateboarding. You know, dude, and honestly, like it's not. It's like the thing you didn't want to experience, but you did, and it made you better for it. Like yeah. in a sense, like moving there, anything that had to do with skating, or like if I met someone that was a skater, like there were so few skaters that I would see people out and about and be like, oh my god, like where are you guys from? Like they'd be from an hour and a half away. And Not I'd as clicky, people are probably yeah. a little more open. Like, and I would go to their house and skate, you yeah. know what I mean? I'd be like, all right, this Saturday, I'm driving two hours to this random person's house to go skating because I didn't have <laughs> friends, dude, I didn't know. Well, and so when we moved back, Ed sends me this box and I'm like, I'm like crying, you know yeah, what I mean? And yeah. I called him on the phone and I was like, dude, I just can't even begin to tell you like how thankful I am for this box like dude I, I've mowed lawns and like done like so much hard shit to like buy a board and like you just sent me all these boards like yeah. dude thank you so much what's funny is like when you're in the midwest everything's harsher the elements are harsher the, the terrain is harsher the weather is harsher you you were faced you had to face a harder time of of being a skateboarder mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah you know and it's like if you would have grown up here more yeah. it might have spoiled you you know you well, might have like or not... got distracted with so many other things yeah like, you know what i mean you're you're totally. pulled in, some, in southern california you're pulled in so many different like directions based on how much cool shit there is to do around here right. yeah but the lord works the... in mysterious ways yeah, but like the the, the peer group, you know, the ones that push you the most are the ones that, you know, when you do see a friend, like when you got into it, the kid on your street, like he fucking ripped and you're yeah. like, but 
you know, in Chicago, there's not that many skaters. Like, yeah. it's not like here you go and the, and the talent pool is like gnarly yeah. because yeah. there's so many and it's so, you know, you're skateboarding all year round. Like, yeah. there you're kind of just like watching videos and I, I think I'm killing it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you know if you're not, you're not in the mix with yeah. like all these rippers? Yeah. But he, it, it, it helped like develop you in a, in a different way that made you more special. You know what I mean? It made yeah. you more different yeah. than, you know, I'm sure fucking, how many sponsor me tapes does Ed Templeton get? <laughs> a lot. A lot yeah. Hundreds and hundreds, thousands maybe. Yeah. And here you are coming back from, from Chicago. Melcher sends him a tape and he's impressed, you know? And just think, because because of that time in Chicago that molded you into that type of skateboarder, that helped you. Yeah, right? it did. For sure it did. So, that's a huge milestone. You're yeah. 17 years old. You're in high school. What high school were you going to? Uh, uh, it, it, Back Adewanda, to Altamont? Or Adewanda Al- High School. Okay. That's what it's called. Um, and then is there a bunch of skateboarders? Year. There wasn't a bunch of skateboarders. There was probably like... We, like our crew is probably like maybe five, six people max. But there was some good skaters. There was this guy, Bear Keithley. He's now a teacher and he still skates, but he was amazing. He could have been sponsored if he wanted it. Um, but yeah, for me, it was like there was no other thing I wanted to do. Yeah. You know? And I know you're a pretty humble, mellow guy, but when you, when you found out, did you tell these guys like, Guess who's fucking sponsored my toy machine, bitches? <laughs> you definitely fucked the gear and the status, for right? Sure. Uh, I was just, I was hooking my homies up with boards and stuff. I just felt like the king of the world. Yeah. And it's like the best feeling, you know? So, so and what, you get you get sponsored, you pay it forward, all, the whole crew succeeds, oh, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All you get sponsored, your crew sponsored. Yeah. yeah so, when you're... You know, obviously, like, you know, Lyndon was mentioning, there's all these little subcultures within skate, and, you know, you identify, like, how, you know, what makes your, like, skate, like, what kind of skateboarding you want to do, you know, like, stairs and rails, or, you know, just freestyle street, or were you into ramps, like, what was your, like, skate everything? Yeah, skate everything. Skate everything. Yeah, that was, was like, I always loved, like, special bank spots and stuff, like, that they had in Barcelona and places like that. I remember loving that spot, the Burger Banks, that was in Huntington. It was like off Adams, I believe, like right where the Target is over there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was like a super famous spot for a long time. Um, yeah, but just anything. I think that that's like, that's the beauty of skating and street skating in general. And I think that there's kind of, maybe in this current generation, maybe not as much appreciation for what that was. But I think that honestly what makes skating such a, a special sort of art form is that you're taking something that was not intended to be used and using it for something to ride on with a skateboard. Yeah, yeah. way more creative and like unique, unique, you know? Yeah. Like when we used to go, I mean, like my first years of being sponsored, it was all about going on those Thrasher trips, going on those like, you know, big board toy machine tours that were like a month and a half long or whatever and going and finding something special and then getting those photos and those, that footage and coming home and like building your career off of like the advantage of like being able to be around all these special spots that nobody's ever skated and things like that. So so backtrack, you, you did did Toy Machine sponsor you then? Yeah, so they they so that was they, your first, they like, sent major... me a box and it was like, hey, come skating. And so 
I went and met the first time I met Ed Templeton and well actually I met Ed Templeton for the first time when I was 13 years old at Chafee High School and he was so cool and so nice to me and I was actually in the background of him doing a line at Chafee High skating around and had it, a it flip published? shirt on yeah it was in there and my friends and I were like there he is like what <laughs> you're in the That's background rad. and then years later like meeting up with Ed getting those boards and then like we, we skated, we met up out in Corona, because that was one of the only parks at the time. We warmed up out there, and we went skating and hit a couple spots from out there. And then, so it's uh, basically like an interview? It was kind of like an interview. Yeah. And then he was like, yeah, let's go back to my house. And then like we, we were driving down the freeway, and he like went illegally like into like the, the car, like not the carpool lane, but the like the uh, fast track lane and I was like I can't do that like what am I gonna get it I can't afford this and like he would, he like vaguely told me the cross streets and I like was just like praying that I would find his house <laughs> thankfully like we they, they were talking about eating at this Thai place that was like right by mother's like right off like York or it's like yeah like Yorktown Adams silk beach tie. area yeah silk tie yeah. that was silk tie yeah. and so like I was able That's to find good. this there was no anything right yeah. i knew it was like by mothers and i knew it was the thai place and so i think we like went to a gas station there and it was like is there a thai food place and then so we found him and then went to it <laughs> so crazy like back then it was so yeah different. before phones and like how to communicate yeah yeah and then so we we found him at the restaurant and went back to his house so this is like all oh, such a dream come true because i grew up watching him in the videos like thinking he was the coolest thing ever and then and then uh he printed out on a piece of paper, all the photographers from Thrasher, from Trans World, from skateboarding, skateboarder, um, like here's, everyone. Here's here's the go work list. Yeah, and it's, at the top of it, he wrote "Get gnarly," and then had all these numbers, and he was like, he basically was like, "Here's some numbers of guys that you could go skating with and probably get photos with." And like, I'm not gonna tell them you're gonna call them, but like, here's their numbers. And I was That's like, okay. Right. I was like, am I? Is it okay if I'm like, hey, Ed's been giving me boards? And he's like, yeah. Like, just tell him you've been giving me boards. So I first person I called was Mike Burnett, who's now the editor of Thrasher. Yeah. <clears throat> so I called Mike Burnett, and I was like, hey, I'm Josh. Like, I know some spots. Like, we could probably get some photos. Like, let's go skating. And so like that, like the next day or something, we went skating, and we were just like every single free moment that I had to get a photo with somebody I was doing it and I was calling all these people and I was just driven like I was hustler I was hustling dude because I knew I was like okay like there's that spot in Pasadena or oh there's that spot in Santa Ana or because the the skateboard career versus surfing career is so different right yeah and you're you're not skateboarding in contests like it's not a thing not really yeah. but i did i mean there is did you do those yeah yeah i did vans did a downtown showdown thing uh, i'm saying before in chicago and oh and, yeah in okay. chicago i would go to all the i mean dude if someone was putting if a park was putting on a contest or a shop was putting on a contest yeah. i was there yeah i was there and were you a competitor? You, did you, yeah. Did you do well? Like, yeah, sometimes I'd okay. win, yeah. You like doing contests? I do and I don't. I just don't, like, skate parks are fun, but, like, there's nothing, like, when your body's working and you go out and you can, like, get something cool at a spot and get yeah. a photo that's mm-hmm. just, like... And back then, too, like, before Instagram, it was so sacred and timeless. It was such a, like, 
it was like this is going down in the history of skateboarding that you're getting this photo and yeah. that it's in there this is like yeah. it's history of, yes it's part of history it feels so much different now and like yeah. the way it's watered down yeah. well, that, but back then you would look at the same magazine for months it analyzed every yeah. finger where everything was oh yeah yeah, moved, yeah. someone movement, gets a yeah. sick photo in their hand looks yeah. rad you're like, you're like why is his hand so like sick. that it's different than the other yeah, yeah like <laughs> you would stare at the magazines like, forever surfers we watch videos thing. religiously and like remember songs oh, parts yeah. but skateboarders are even more intense about it yeah. like they they they're way more like I don't know connoisseurs of of proper skateboarding yeah, yeah. You know, especially in the old school, like you said, these places are sacred. Yeah. Um, the skate spots. Yeah. And the whole like, oh that who did it first, right? Like yeah. MBD, yeah. right? Yeah. Never yeah. been yeah. done. Yeah. And you're just like, Whoa, you guys are fucking like fanatical about yeah. like who gets credit for what yeah. and the name of a trick or like As it should be is, though, but you know, yeah, you don't is. ever publish a photo. Isn't That's already been done, or isn't a make, yeah. or yeah. Exactly. We're surfing, you know. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. Well, it's, it's a little it's bit like specific, wall art, you know, it's it's like, Yeah, and a surfer could do a huge error, get published, and not make it. And not make it. Like, yeah, probably you know 80 percent of air oh, shots. There, there'd be the so past. many times like, well, you're getting so like, where's that barrel? And I'm like, dude, it was like some closeout shore break, like, yeah. somewhere, you yeah. know, like it just looked. It's Killer. more about capturing the magic yeah. of the moment and yeah. like the, the golden hour or the, the beauty of but, it. But I, I, I like how you brought up the, you know, again, different era what today is with the Instagram and the social media, but like, here's a list of numbers. Photographers you have no relationship with. Yeah. You know they work for magazines and you got to go network and make, yeah. make, you know, get over that like fear of like, I don't want to blow it, but I need to make this work and hustle yeah. and communicating yeah. skills. Yeah. Like it's not like that anymore. No. Those were the gatekeepers to getting a magazine shot. They were sure. staff photographers or they were good to where they had the connection with the mags. And yeah. You had to work all these different angles with the right people, the right spots. And it was similar in surfing when the print mags were around. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, how good is your buddy or set up your phone and, you know, get your own, you know, shot now. It's like yeah. different. Yeah. yeah, it's different, but I feel like some of those things are still the same. Like you can't. Like, I feel like... You can't fudge it. You, you got can't fudge no. it. No. You can be, like, the most amazing surfer and still find a career, but the guys that, from what I've observed, is that people that have a personality or more that they can add on top of what they do. It's, like, an all-encompassing, like... Yeah. Yeah. That's our surf, skate, snow, that, that kind of, like, active lifestyle sport is, like, yeah, there's so much more than just performing. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's style. It's personality. It's the look. It's their... You know? Yeah. It's everything. Totally. Totally. Yeah, and, and photographers want to work with cool guys people that they like, right? Yeah, I mean, just like sure. in surfing and skateboarding. If you're a jerk, then they're not going to want to take photos of you. For sure. And then there was also the element as well of like Toy Machine would get like two page ads pretty frequently in the mag. So there's yeah. an incentive for the magazine to want to work with Toy Machine writers because they know that they're spending money. Know, yeah, they're spending money. Yeah. Like this, like if we publish this dude, like it's like it's scratching each other's backs in a sense yeah but you are moving the needle and like it's like it's justified yeah and yeah yeah no. i mean toy machine they're one of the gnarlier smaller like prestigious teams over the years right yeah it's like a core very yeah. core like skateboarding to be brand. to be to have 
Josh Harmony in that circle because there's the the girl in chocolate there's plan B yeah. um, Baker Baker yeah um, but you know when, when you say certain teams you're like holy shit he was on that team right like yeah, and you were that yeah very I feel very grateful to especially during that era I feel like <clears throat> like in the early 2000s like I started getting bored from Koi at, in 2001 and I feel like 2000 to like the 2008 crash that was the, that was like a run. that was an incredible run for surfing too everything yeah. everything was action just sports like, was blowing it up. was blowing up there was like a population group that was just a little bit younger that was coming up under that you know what i mean like the younger millennials that that just i still see like all the time that, that are like i can't like do that that time period was like the best time period because it was like kind of pre internet like the focus was still there you you still had like sort of chat boards and like facebook sort of started up and like these things started happening you know like like it was the best of both bands. worlds it was a new yeah. age and then the traditional and everything was going berserk it really was it was it was a special time and, and so, I, so and, what was your first public uh, published photo uh, the first photo I had was a photo in Chicago doing, well, I had photos in like local like zines and mags and stuff in Chicago, but I had, there was a Thrasher photographer that was on a trip with Black Label. And since I was hanging out with, with Melcher at that time, I, I lip slid a rail with a kink on the bottom of it at this old church on the northwestern side of the city and uh it was uh it was a rough spot i think i i think i this was before we learned about bondo so i think i had like a stop <laughs> sign like a metal stop sign over like a crack that was like probably this big and like clang clang like pop right like off of a sketchy sign to like lip slide down a rail and and yeah so that photo raw, that lip harsh. side yeah, yeah harsh raw but you just had to get the photo and that was like the only way you were gonna get some is like kind of risking it a little bit and which mag it was in thrasher yeah yeah so I, that was before i wrote for toy machine and so that was like the first time i ever got that and then after that after i started writing after i started uh shooting with mike burnett he he published a uh like they had like little sections of the ad where it would, or little sections of the mag where it would just be like the editorial pics of whatever you know, and I made one of those of Mike Burnett. It was a it was a a two page a two page spread of a frontside crooked grind down like a ten stair handrail. And at the time, no one really like frontside crooked grinded on handrails like that, um, except for maybe like Pat Duffy, but maybe not on like as big of a rail. But anyway, like I that was like kind of a big deal because no one really did that trick. And uh, so and then the and then in the in the caption it's a toy machine keeps thumping along and i was in a, a canadian tuxedo like jean jacket and jean shorts and i just i felt like it looked cool i felt proud of it and uh <laughs> could see the toy machine board on the bottom and i was like whoa and I, I knew that at that moment like whoa like that's like kind of a big deal and then after that like it seemed like it was easier and easier to like link up on sessions and and and, and everything so then isn't it funny, sorry to cut you off, isn't it funny, like, certain things like that will set you off 
monumental changes in your life. Your, traje like, your trajectory, right? Yeah. Like a published photo like that. I, I mean, double page from Mike, Mike Burnett in Thrasher. Yeah. Like, that's globally, you know, honored, sacred magazine. And, yeah. and millions of skateboarders around the world see you in your, your Canadian tuxedo yeah. <laughs> for Toy Machine. Yeah. And and it's like, holy shit, you know? In your mind, you're like, what does this mean for me? You know yeah, what I mean? Totally. Like, like when, you know, Jay gets a cover of Surfing Magazine, like, yeah. you're like, holy shit, like, yeah. that's a big deal, yeah. right? Yeah. So, sorry to cut you off, but you No, no. Yeah, that's crazy. That's <laughs> the footage you posted of you, like, a yeah, couple days crazy. ago, that was so, so sick, crazy. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> Just rolling the car, you got like the B-roll, the chicks and stuff. I was so like, good. these guys are killing it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for digging that out for that. that. The, yeah. the Bieber wagon. Yeah, oh, I love they're, that. That's they're like, cool. dude, it's HB. You gotta cruise Main Street. You gotta get chicks on the beach because that's what it's like in the yeah. summer. I'm like, look, that's our life. Like, dude, that's it what was. It, that's what we did. We lived for it. Dude, I remember like early '90s HB, like South Side of the Pier, North Side of the Pier. It was a different vibe back then. Oh, it was, so, it crazy. was so gnarly. Like people were mean, dude. Mm, yeah. It's not like that. Is my I mean, people can still be dicks out there, but like, dude, it wasn't like it is now. No, it was it a little was bit more gritty for sure. Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, we talk about there was no longboards. There was no yeah. Like, there the only ones were the gnarly ones that yeah. were like heavy locals. You know, yeah. we talk about like just yeah the hierarchy and in the lineup back uh, in the day versus now is like yeah. Uh, yeah. Now it's well, like the surf schools right next to the pier. Oh yeah, it's so yeah. bad. That's what's happened. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's so different. But so, anyway, yeah, like so it was like that was monumentous for me. And then and then I kept going out and shooting. And then I finally got a really good fifty. I got a fifty fifty on at a school that was like on a super long rail that we had to like set up all this like wood and stuff to help the roll up. And then I got a nose blunt slide down like an 11 or 12 stair rail with Mike Burnett. And the other, the other one, I can't remember who shot that. Maybe it was Sue Trin. So I had these two really sick photos and they ended up on Ed's desk. And Ed was just like, I'm putting this kid on the team and I'm going to make two ads. So he, he did two separate ads. He did the nose blunt one in uh, Thrasher and then he did the 50-50 in um, Transworld. And then that, they... That was like huge. That like set off everything for me. And then that summer, so my senior year of high school, this was all happening like during my senior year of high school. Yeah. But the schools in Chicago are like way better than the schools out here, no offense. But like when I moved back, like I already had two years of Spanish in. I already had like all the stuff that you needed. So like- You got to I, cruise. I got to cruise. And so I was able to like, I had like half days of school, like my senior year. And so I just like finished that. I finished my senior year. How funny and fortunate! I, I yeah. So I finished early. Yeah. I like got packets from the English and math and all the stuff that you like have to take. And then I did. I was also in photography and art, and I loved those classes and teachers. But I graduated early and did packets and to go on a toy machine tour. So that was like my first like. So did when you say put you on the team, did you turn pro? Uh, that's when you turn amateur. It's like when you recognize like you're a rider. It's like you're slotted for to go pro eventually, right? Yeah. And so I before I turned pro, I I put in a good three years before I turned pro. Yeah. Um, I think I turned pro when I was twenty. Um, so and I got sponsored by Toy Machine at seventeen. So. 
So he puts you on the team as an amateur mm -hmm. at 17. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then I started doing tours. I got sponsored by... I soon after got sponsored by uh, Etnies, and I rode for Etnies for a while with Ryan Sheckler and, and, and a bunch of other guys, which was a super good experience. Don Brown was always amazing to me, and, and uh, <clears throat> uh, Dave Huang, who's an amazing vi videographer and stuff. He's still working in skating and stuff. He was a part of that whole thing. Much appreciated, that guy. And then... Um, yeah, and then I got sponsored by Ruka when they first started um, through Ed. So, like, it was, like, Ed and Cairo, and then they were, like, they got me and Spanky, and it was, like, oh, and then Ethan Fowler, too. And so it was, like, right at the beginning when Ruka started, um, when it was just in, seriously, a place like this big so crazy. in Costa Mesa. Yeah. And I used to go down there and pick up the shirts, and they fit weird, and, like, it was, Always. like, everything was getting figured out. For sure. But then... Laura was, was there at the beginning. I yeah. know. I know. That's and me and Riga were packing boxes in the back <laughs> and answering calls and doing sample sales and going and picking up crap in L.A. And Dude, yeah, it was like the grind. You're a amongst men. That's yeah. amazing. That's like crazy. I can like picture the building. I drive by it sometimes. Yeah. Like, yeah, the like, little catering place next door, I said like they fed us like every other day because they had, you know, extra food and we'd trade clothes for food and we're like just, yeah, budget so sick and then the artist network program started which was a like huge and then it was like and then that was like probably like 2003 somewhere yeah. in there right and then it yeah and then i turned pro like right in that time when i got sponsored by by them i started writing for fallen footwear and we did a, a tell video. us about what it takes to turn pro or how you turn pro because that's kind of a big deal in skateboard like, it's a, yeah we keep hearing it's like or, you know, like your signature board or a shoe. Kind of, you have to have like a, I don't know, you get debuted a signature product or? Yeah, I think it's. Were you I, surprised? Like the way they show it nowadays? Like, it's like there's a party and then all of a sudden, somebody, you know, Ed comes out of the crowd and goes, boom! Yeah, I like that they do that. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. But it wasn't like that back then. <laughs> it was like, you're pro now. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're gonna have a board and like blah blah blah. But, but you were collecting money prior too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You're 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 on like a kind of. So that's that kind of the, the the like you said the funk because you're making money. You're technically pro, but you don't have like a signature. Totally. Like yeah. Josh Harmony product. Yeah, like I think I think when I rode for Etnies, I was probably making like seven hundred fifty bucks a month, and then Toy Machine paid me like maybe seven hundred fifty bucks a month. But when you're 17 years old, like yeah. you're like frothing because that's, that's like huge. insane. Like you don't that's really than, have to work. Like, that's yeah. way I mean, more than minimum wage. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. then like when I got on Ruka, I think just being Am for Ruka, they I think they paid me maybe like 12 or 15. And then, and then when I got sponsored by when I when Toy Machine. Okay, so I went on those tours, did some contests in Europe, was a part of you know some different video parts and and had some interviews had a couple thrasher covers at that point that was like dude you're on like a tear like it's time like yeah. you, you know like you're it's basically like when your name is sort of recognized amongst like the gate the gatekeepers and yeah. sort of like you've proved that you sort of have something to contribute and then when the board brand it's really the board brand like i don't think a shoe company can really like you really need a board brand yeah. the hard everything everything 
pivots on the board brand. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like the board brand doesn't really make that much money, but the influence of the board brand it is the it's the epicenter of what is core and what is important. You know, yeah, it's your showcase I, piece. You isn't know? that showcase piece? funny? Like, yeah, because with surfing, it's apparel brands that kind of turn you pro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like now, and even now, it's even weirder because then now it's like you need you need to be sponsored by Monster and like Red Bull to like pay your bills. <laughs> yeah. yeah, at least that's what it seems like when I watch those stab how surfers get paid. <laughs> yeah. videos, They're making a lot of money, a lot more money from those energy drinks than they are from everybody else. I know, well, but that's but that's what's important is to not neglect like where the true culture comes from though, because like that's like. Dude, the board brands need their place yeah, and yeah. need to survive. And they, they well, that's what makes skateboarding skateboarding is a skateboard. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And when you de- when any brand or anything deviates too far away from those principles, they get out in sort of an obscure place where they start yeah. losing relevancy yeah. and stuff. So, you know, you're getting paid, you know, monthly salaries from all these brands and you come out with like your toy machine like deck. Yeah. You get a, a royalty from that. Is it like you get an increase in pay, does, does, you get royalties, you get like so photo incentives. Picking a good graphic, having that like, you know, something that you're proud of, but also do you think something that's a little bit more commercial? You're like, I want to sell a shitload. Yeah. yeah. You know, because I've seen some boards are like does that guy not want to make money? Like, you know? Like, yeah. But that's what's weird in, in skating, especially back then, there was no commercial. It was yeah. all just core, core. skate shops. Yeah. And that was like before the internet, just yeah. like we were talking about before, your only place, your only connection, your only like lifeline was the skate shop. You yeah. Know? So like that was the epicenter of culture was the skate shops because they knew what was the magazines, newest stuff, they had the newest Yeah, everything. I don't mean commercial meaning like selling to some big box. I just meant more something that a graphic that's yeah, like, my broadly like, like, like catch. Not so gnarly where selling well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like sure. a fourteen year old, you know, seeing some six 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 devil thing on the bottom of your board, mom's gonna be like, Yeah, yeah no. Yeah. You know, like it's gotta be something that's like yeah. you Something that's cool that you're you're proud of, but also like yeah, it's gonna sell. Well, yeah. You know, you want to make money. Yeah, for sure. The um, it's funny, like when you were when you were talking, I was thinking about all the different uh, avenues of of where you sell your product. Right, CCS was a huge, huge customer. The yeah. online seats. Yes, yeah, the mail order, but the mail order. Yeah, back then. It was bigger than Zoomies at oh, one yeah. point in time, right? Active was huge too. Active was huge. huge. Yeah. Um, but those are the you know avenues of where you promoted your product, you know, toy machine, and I you know I worked for DVS back in the day. Yeah. In from two thousand two to two thousand eight. Yeah, the heyday. Yeah, that's dope. And it was when you know. DVS Podium was one. going crazy. Oh, Lakai yeah. was under there. Maddox was in, yeah. under that umbrella. Yeah, like Jason Dill and Dill. Right? Yeah, I mean, was like powerful. Barra. Yeah, Day One. I remember it. Yeah, and yeah. Dennis Boozitz for a little bit too. I re- oh yeah, Skateboard came out when I was there, and yeah, yeah right, yeah. all that you know. Yeah, the girl cross pollination. Yeah, yeah, but you know, monster. And, and the energy drinks of today that sponsors, you know, that is the big ticket item. It was the shoe companies. Right. You know, right. After your, you know, your board company was important. Yeah. But your shoe company was like. The money. The money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. It was like maybe like, I don't know, maybe like 75% of your income. Easy. 
of like at your, least all your sponsors. Yeah. yeah. So, if you don't mind me asking, what was your deal with boards? Was it a dollar? Was it two dollars? Was it? Um, I think it was like I want to say it was like two bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And I honestly don't know how well they did the accounting. Like it was pretty like <laughs> came in every once in a while. It seemed like I don't know Barker. He's still there. But uh, yeah, there was there was definitely. <laughs> we, did we only sold two hundred this year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. No, just. But they would they 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 took care of me. I think that they they also paid a monthly higher than most board brands did. Toy Machine did. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was when I was pro and like really grinding hard i was getting a good i was getting a good amount of money yeah. from them every month and so the royalties would come like if like i had this board that was a plaid i designed it, it was like a plaid background it was it was red plaid with a toy machine monster in the front of it and it did so well that they made a purple one and a blue one and yeah. you know it, it like it was like you could get all three or whatever and uh, that i saw royalties when i did that one yeah but a lot of the times it would just come out of your they would deduct it first like are you getting paid enough like they had a they had a system where like you got paid out your monthly salary salary and yeah. then if you broke past a certain amount a percentage of it i can't remember what it was yeah. Yeah. you would get you would then start reaping so it would be like you know sometimes it'd be a few grand or something yeah you had to perform you had to sell you know and they rewarded but yeah they're also paying you a guarantee so it's like exactly so and it was in a contract and all like when you started making this money this you know as an amateur 750 from here 700 from there was your parents just like what tripping are you doing drugs we sell drugs like (laughs) you're really making money from skateboarding from something you're like having fun yeah yeah i don't know my my parents were so proud of me man like yeah i I don't know i feel so grateful like i i had friends that their their parents like used to throw their boards in the trash can or hide them because there was such an association with like big baggy pants and smoking weed and the whole like you know you're you're a bad kid bad influence my parents for some reason never saw it that way like every time they took me into skate shops it'd be like sometimes like kind of sketchy and they would just be so supportive because they know i they knew I loved it yeah. so much. And I feel like they they were probably listening to some things at the time that were like, you need to support your kids or whatever. And, and, and it, it, it blessed me because I feel like they believed in me. And it's it kind made of, me feel like I could... Yeah, you know, it's kind know. of true, though. Like, you, you, you put a wedge between you and your kids on something they really want to do, but they, oh, you man. think they're going to fall in the wrong hands. It's just going to want to make them rebel and, yeah. and, you know, like, oh, they don't like it, you know? But, you know, kind of breaking that barrier and being supportive, it's like, hey, we trust you, you know, like, yeah, like, just like in anything, like, who you surround yourself with is kind of like, you know, yeah. how, you know how you're going to be. Yeah, Like, totally. hey, you're smart enough to make good friends, hopefully. Yeah, it's weird. It's sort of like, it's like Kierkegaard's, like, either or. It's like, you're going to, you know, it's like there's different outcomes. Like, I don't even know. Like, if my parents made me, like, forced me, you're going to go to school and you're going to do this and this and this. And achieve this I might not be here right now I might be doing really well at some corporation but I also might not be happy, as happy yeah you mm-hmm. know and not as like fulfilled and that's like sort of like it's so subjective right and and really at the end of the day like the best thing a parent can do in my opinion is to support them in their passions and if those actually lead somewhere then great but if not then yeah and not the like, parents at least passion, you were there the kids for passion them, you know? the kids passion. yeah exactly. like you know there's too many parents and i i could contest i have kids and it's like dude you, you want them to go this right but you're like no i just 
just want to be good humans. <laughs> you know, totally. at the end of the day. That's it. Yeah, that's that's really all you can ask for because the money and success is it's not worth anything if you don't have contentment and you yeah. don't have joy and you don't have like you know things that you love to do and people that you love through it all you know yeah. it's like some people are just so consumed especially where we live like in Costa Mesa Newport the one-uppers like so, oh what, what does so-and-so do oh, it's what so up? competitive and so like Catty sort of gnarly. pretentious yeah like yeah. just like I like like I don't know it's just it's it's kind of bizarre too because like my kids are growing up around and like we're not like super on the struggle bus. Like I, like I made investments and like we're okay. Like I yeah. have, still have to have a full time job because I don't want to be in the hole. Yeah. Like I still work for a living, but like, you know, some some kids that my kids hang out with, like their families are so gnarly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but it's fun. Right, can you adopt like, us awesome, too? Like, can you have friends' parents adopt our family? Yeah, because yeah. I think it wouldn't really. Be much, yeah. Be, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. But like when you can't, when your when your kids' friends are all going to Portugal for like a surf trip, and you're like, I'm sorry, I can't. Yeah. We're not gonna spend like five grand right now. Yeah. Like, we could go to Chicago. We could to like keep up with the Joneses, maybe. But like, yeah, we're, gonna, we, we, we're we, not doing that. I mean, we. My son's in eighth grade. You just had a Washington D.C. trip that the, the school goes on for yeah. eighth grade. Like the whole, yeah. you know, eighth grade goes and. It was so expensive. We're like, for the price, it's like less than a week. It's like four nights, you know, like it's $3,000. We're like, that's a lot of money to send one kid for a few days to like Washington, D.C. And then we get it. It's part of the education thing. We're like, let's just go to Hawaii instead for the whole family. It's like, you know, instead of spending it, you know, it's like, we're going to spend it. We'll do it something a little bit more, you know, we have fun. Good family. Dude, that's awesome. He's a lot more educated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We still had to do a report, but you know what? It, it, it's... The cost, like you could, you know, I don't know, you could, you could figure out how to be a little so, more fugal and have just as much fun. Yeah. So what was your first like big trip for skateboarding? Uh, the first trip I ever did, what like a big one, was right before that big toy machine one, and it was to Europe with uh, Don Brown and Dave Wang. It was like a European contest for Etnies. Yeah, for Etnies. Nice. Yeah, and that was my first time out of the country and getting a taste of like, I, I, I want to say it was Switzerland. And nice. uh, yeah, it was a it was a first exposure to Europe and just the architecture and everything and yeah, brushing shoulders with Ali Bulala and going out and partying and people like that and like just like getting like just like wow like oh my yeah. gosh like there's Tom Penny like we're literally sitting at a table with Tom Penny right now like what's going on like, it was just like unbelievable so epic. Yeah. and their budgets are pretty big yeah and you yeah. guys got treated like kings royalty yeah. right because yeah. I mean it was really it was all Lala and Tom Penny and all that circle like oh, they were the yeah because they yeah they, they're riding for S and, and yeah. everything and, yeah, and they so, get catered to Oh yeah, dude, like, yeah, they could just get, they would just get wasted and just be so, just like rock stars and then not get in trouble for it or anything like that, which is not necessarily a good thing, but it's certainly interesting. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's neat to look, it's neat to like experience it and not get involved in it. It has its place. But that's everywhere. That's everything, you know, like there's no isolation to like, you know, hardcore skateboard. It's like, it's every everywhere oh, yeah. you know the you first, got that I mean the first toy machine tour we ever did we did so many crazy things we were making we we like fireworks was a big thing for us we would always like pull off on the side of the road like <laughs> big big jets fireworks 
warehouse. Yeah. You go in there, and he's in there, like, there's just, like, rows of fireworks. The guy's like, check out this gun I got. Oh, drop it on the floor in the fireworks place. Like, ah, we're going to blow up. And, and, like, we used to take... We used to take all these fireworks and get every single one that we could, cut them open in like the, the hotel parking lot and pour them out and see which ones were flammable, right? And then we would take the flammable parts of the firecrackers and pour them in like two liter bottles and stuff with a wick. Just so and not we safe. Would just, we would blow shit up. Blow shit up. And it was <laughs> so fun. And we were so destructive that Ed used to take us out into the fields and we had like BB guns and like all this stuff to like blow up and he would take us out into the middle of nowhere just to be destructive. We'd like okay, we're not doing it at this hotel. We're gonna let you get the <laughs> yeah. freaking get it out of your system. Yeah, yeah. It was so fun though. And it was like having the it was like being with a dad that understood that yeah. we needed to like be aggressive and be crazy and like get it out of the system. It was so fun. We used to like shoot we, we were on our way to a toy machine demo and we were in Oklahoma and we were shooting like M8, we were dropping M80s, shooting like Roman candles out of the van, like the whole way there, <laughs> sliding door open, shooting it at random people, like, like trying to get, Stuff get away with like it before was, video on everything, you know? Dude, like, but then we got pulled over by the cops. And so he pulls us out, pulls the fireworks like, what are you guys doing? He was so pissed. He was yelling. He's like, you can't do this. You're going to set the whole city on fire. Like, what are you doing? We're just like these dumb kids, like yeah. right out, like not even out of high school. And like he lines <laughs> us up on the curb and he's like, what the hell are you guys doing? And, and Ed's like, oh, we're, we're toy machine skateboards. We're on our way to the demo. Like, we, sorry, we got carried away. And the guy was like, toy machine? My son's going to that demo. Let's go. <laughs> Give us back our fireworks. And it's what so... A, we got a police escort to the demo, rolled up, oh and my God. just killed it. Like, we we would show up to, to small towns and just, like, bring down the house. And back then, because the internet was not what it is now, there was such a delay in, like, what people were exposed mm, yeah, to. So the yeah. tricks and stuff that we were doing and the, the, the level that we were bringing... To the table in these small was it really exposed till later yeah totally and it was so like it was powerful like we would leave and people's lives were like changed yeah can we talk about like just the old demo tours and like you know just like magazines kind of like you know kind of went away like it seemed like the whole like demo tours aren't really it still happens though right not as like it was huge. You don't see it. As it much. does, but you just have so many kids that are just on Instagram, yeah. you know, or like they're they're watching YouTube shorts all day long of skating and stuff and seeing like crazy tricks. That yeah, being a part of the scene and like being a part of something, yeah, like as a whole feel. There's like an artificial synthetic part of that that they get from the internet, but back then. You wanted to go to the stores. Yeah. Like I remember, like when pros would come to the yeah. ta- come to town. Like, dude, I just, I, I just megaphone free shit flying everywhere. Yeah. Like it was chaos. Like the skate, yeah. roll up to the skate park and like board, like the fights over decks at the end. Like it was like mayhem. We yeah. we were just at a party, uh, our friend's birthday party the other night, Jeremy Castiles and uh, Brian Neal, who was one of the guys that ran Active, and like Active's trying to get back yeah. on, you know, opening up more locations and stuff. Yeah. And we were talking about, damn, man, like, those were the days. Yeah. You know, when Active had the, 
30 stores oh, yeah. and the Bling Fest. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, dude. And they would, like, bring out, like, bands. Bands and, like, the best of the best. I remember one year they had, like, that Tom Penny. They had, yeah. they had Mark Johnson. They had Jeff Rowley. Like, they had, like, crazy events. But they, they had Josh Harmony. <laughs> yeah. They did. They did, for sure. But, yeah, like, the importance of those grassroots events that were bigger than life, you know? And MTV being such a big part of action sports. Oh, man, for sure. You know? Mm-hmm. With fucking BAM. Oh, yeah. I mean, how gnarly was Viva La BAM? Yeah, was so And huge. Jackass and all those... Rob, yeah. Yeah, Robin Big. Yeah. I mean, all those, like, TV influencing back then. Yeah. And how big the industry was back then. Yeah. Yeah. And how important, you know, that's one thing I was going to say is like Thrasher is the only magazine, you know, that made it from skateboard. Yeah. yeah. And even in, I mean, there's no surf magazines except for Free Surf. Yeah. Surfer's that's only, Journal. Sur- and Surfer's Journal. But, you know, the, the big two, Surfing, Surfer. Yeah. And Trans World. They're all. In yeah. Trans World. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it all comes down to, you know, that that vacuum after 2008 and then the trans, transformation into social media and the money and just like yeah. things yeah. just went, you yeah. know, digressed. Yeah. And yeah, it's almost like it's all still there. It's just, it's just, it's just spread out. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like if you can imagine being a kid and you see BAM and you see skateboarding for the first time, you're like, oh my gosh, like blah, blah, blah. Like where would I go? I would try to find the local skate shop if I knew somebody, yeah. or there's that one shop at the mall that I saw. If you're living, you know, somewhere in another state, yeah. you know, and you go find your Tillys or whatever it is, and and you know, you're able to buy a board there. So there was so much money that was concentrated, and then I feel like there were, there was an aspect as well that skateboarding was le- there was less globalization. It was like there was a global broadcast by way of like MTV and BAM and stuff but when you wanted something from skateboarding like a deck or something it was concentrated still in a in, in still going to a yeah. retail location getting exposure to the culture whereas now you're just kids are buying place. wheels on Amazon or yeah. whatever it is you know and it's, it's a not, bummer you know but it's like yeah we, we talk about how important that, that core shop like you know, vibe and, and you know how important it is to drive business to those small shops. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, they gotta have what the kids want. They gotta be on the pulse too. And, yeah. You know, it goes both ways. They gotta be, you know, spot on to what's trending and yeah. you know, what's hot and yeah. you know, and that might not work, you know, again, like they might be searching on the web, which is everything yeah. where it used to just be yeah. so focused on like you pretty much are just gonna grab whatever the, the shop had. Right. Remember you know? how big fucking Tampa Pro and Tampa Am used oh, yeah. to be. Yeah. Like in Phoenix Am, yeah. Yeah. In Cowtown. They're still yeah. they're still pretty big. Yeah, yeah. They Cal-Town's do it every year. Big. Like I, I know the Cowtown one was pretty successful the one they just did. But there's also like I mean I don't want to be totally negative, but there's still like shops that have been around forever that are still grinding and killing it. Like oh, for sure. Eight oh eight skate shop yeah. in Oahu. There's like you know, pharmacy, pharmacy yeah, board yeah. shops, like they're still holding it down. There's Kingswell, there's, you know, there's contenders, there's, there's, there's a 
there's a good amount of like yeah. shops that are still around running it and there's no comparison like you could find a deck that's like oh there's a baker deck that's really cool I'm gonna go down to the attic in, Co in Costa Mesa or I'm gonna go here and like try to figure out like what it feels like in real life like there's no there's nothing that will ever take the place of like actually going and like holding the board and like being there at the shop you know I, I'm still I'm still hopeful that that exists for people oh, it for certainly sure. it certainly exists for me and there's certain things that you don't know like how it's gonna fit or how it's gonna be until you see it in real life you know yeah so so when you uh, you know when you're you know I, I look at skateboarding and how gnarly like the shit you guys do you know and I'm sure it's the same way when you look at surfers like I can't believe they're freaking surfing that you know crazy wave or whatever like so yeah, right, you know, like, sure. there's, you know, there's got to be a similarity on, like, well, you know, I was hitting these four stairs, you know, like, and then you find a bigger one, and you build up your tolerance, you build up your, you know, like, go through, like, those early years when you're just, I got to step it up, I'm going bigger, you know, because that's kind of like sending it over the ledge, you know, on a big wave, like, you know, you... You don't get that opportunity often. Yeah. But skateboarding, it's like, there's a skateboarding is so, it's so crazy. It's so crazy, like, and the the way that it's you're you're judged so much more harshly. Like skateboarding is so gnarly, but your style is even, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you gotta you're you're critiqued very much more than surfers are mm. like your style you know what I mean like the, your style of skateboarding it has to look aesthetically right you know what I mean like from, but, what, from what I I think skateboarding there's a lot of different styles that all make sense and are cool in their own ways and it's kind of similar to surfing but like surfing has like the Tom Curran you know the, like that there's that you know, there's the a few, there's a few where everybody's like, that's what, you know, it's not as creative, you know, in regards to like different styles as yeah. much. And when you, you get one, it's definitely a standout. It's yeah. like your being or something. Yeah. It just like channels through Tom Curran, like how his flow so, and everything. Like it's, do you, do you do a lot of switch tricks? Uh, no, not really. I, I more like, I mean, yeah, I do. I definitely do, but. Yeah, when I was younger, I just loved, like, I loved skating big rails. That was, like, my favorite thing, mm -hmm. you know? Like, there's just something about hopping up on a rail and grinding, you know? And just, yeah, I don't know, taking those those tricks, like nose grinds and frontside crooked grinds, frontside feebles, backsmiths, you know, you do them enough times on a ledge or something or a, a little rail, and you're, like, thinking to yourself, like, oh, can I, I could probably... I could probably do it on this rail right now, you know, and then at the time, it was just, at the time when I was a kid, being able to do a variety of tricks down on a handrail or like a significant size rail would, you know... Separate you from the... Mm -hmm. Yeah, separate the men from the boys. Yeah. 110%. And so, yeah. Yeah, because you, you could be the best skater and then somebody rolls up and one-ups you on a, you know what I mean? Like, there's... That's the thing about skateboarding. It's so, you know. Yeah. The talent pool, especially nowadays, even since, you know, since just the past, like, 10 years, it's just been incredible, like, the talent. Especially because you have kids that, like, the first rail I ever skated was a real handrail, like, at a school or at, like, a shopping center. Yeah, not in a 
perfect skate park that was built by that's like like, knee high and it's going down and you're never going to sack it you can learn how to jump and you get your muscle memory like our muscle memory was grit and like in the street like it was like consequences were huge so you had you know you could board slide a ledge or board slide a flat bar that you and your friends built and then you're like at you're at the school and there's like a four or five stair handrail and you're like okay i'm gonna like get my board on there and slide down to the bottom and like see if i can do this you know and that was that was all we had and uh, yeah it was just a different yeah a that, different I, era <laughs> yeah but i mean just like in any sport like you're gonna you're you know you're gonna wipe out more than you make you know and being able to like tuck and roll and 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 have that confidence of knowing you're gonna fall knowing you're gonna like you know like get hurt but you know that Muscle memory is like you know, muscle memory for tricks, and there's muscle memory for like wipeouts too. You know, yeah. what's well, a bummer because Charmin he never really had, you know, because he does everything first try. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. This guy's been beat up like most every other skateboarder we know. I'm like, man, I'm sure. What was liar. your? What? I mean, it might be a cliche question, but what's your like worst fucking experience uh, injury? I've had a few. My hip, I was skating a rail in UC Davis and it was like a 12 stair rail and I had front feebled it, I tail slid it, I 5 would it and then I was done All in skating. one session? Yeah, all in one session we were leaving and there were, these, there were these guys that were photography students at the school at UC Davis and they came up and they were like, man, can you, can you do one more trick for us? Like for the for our photo for our always class. the one more last yeah. run last wave so right? i get up and i like go for a tail slide and i clipped and when i clipped it like somehow set me backwards down the stair and i land on my right butt cheek like super hard and and uh damaged like the cartilage in my hip where i blew it out and then uh, i was just in pain i couldn't i could barely walk and then uh I flew home from there and then just like waited a couple weeks and then realized like I'm not getting better like I like this isn't normal so I went and got some x-rays and and uh, uh, the doctor said yeah you blew out all the cartilage in your in your hips from that slam in yeah your hip socket where your femoral head like goes into your your pelvis so like that that cushion space was like like it was like now there was bone like touching on bone you know and that was in like 2015, something like that. 2000, yeah, 2014 to 2015, somewhere in there. And uh, yeah, I went to a couple different doctors, and they both said you're gonna be in a wheelchair. Like you're not, you're never gonna skate again. And, Damn. Uh, yeah, and then I I went and saw a doctor down in Newport, and he was like, I could I could clean you up, and I'll 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 shave down the gr- the bone and like help it like free up some mobility had that surgery done it made me worse i couldn't tie my shoe um yeah it was really depressing and my second son was coming into the world like high to my skate career uh, and everything and so yeah that was like a really rough patch that i had and uh, i really did a lot of soul searching at that time and then i started playing music a lot and writing music and then uh, started doing a lot more art and contributing art at Ruka at the time it was kind of like a kind of a way for me to 
kind of release that creative outlet and uh, energy and and uh, were your sponsors kind of awesome. still cool and like yeah they were still cool and I still had I had so much footage and photos built up at that point yeah. that it was like okay I kept like incrementally releasing things or saving photos for ads and stuff that I had deadlines for just to, to you know what I mean keep the ball rolling and then uh, and then um, probably six months after I had that hip surgery that made me worse. I was so desperate that I just like started using a message board called called uh, Surface Hippie that I found out about on the internet and Surface Hippie. Yeah, and I was like, it was like basically like a, a website dedicated to people that had arthritis in their hips, and it was like mostly old people. And yeah, I'm, like, I'm a skater, and like I, you know, I screwed up my hip, and this is my situation. And then somebody on there was like, dude, you should check out this guy's Dr. Schmalz Reed. He's up in LA. He's like, there's two people, and I find out there's two people in the country that had had this surgery approved, like this this type of surgery uh, approval. Um, there's one guy in New York and one guy in LA, and it, it was called a hip resurfacing. So, in like a hip, like if you have a hip problem, typically what you have to have done is a hip replacement, which is where they cut off the top of your your femoral head and then they stick like a metal rod down in your bone and bolt it in there right and then the metal rod goes into like a receiving joint into into a your your pelvis right but then you can't have that if you're young because it'll it'll rattle loose out of your femur like that little spike that like rod they put down in there and so like you can't have that or you're gonna you're gonna be ruined but there's this there's this surgery that this guy Dr. Schmaldry could do, and it, it's called a hip resurfacing, which they like, they whittle down your femoral head a little bit, and then they cap it with like a perfectly smooth ball. It's like made of titanium and nickel, and they tap, they, they, it's like basically a hollowed out sphere with a spike, and they drill it over your femoral head, and then there's like a perfectly matched piece that they stick up and glue up in your pelvis, and then they put it together, and it's basically just like a perfect like smooth ball bearing like fit that that your hip moves on so i go up to see this guy and i'm like i'm like i take the x-rays and then he's like dude i'm gonna have you skating again i was like no way and i started crying <laughs> i was like let's do this now so like i got the surgery and seriously like three weeks to a month later i started skating again wow and then i went and shot a photo and got a Ruka ad like a month after I had the surgery. And Dang. then, yeah, and then like two months after. After that kind of trauma surgery, you're back in that. The guy yeah, said I was still be in a like, I was still like, one doctor said he's gonna be in a wheelchair. But I was so hyped, bro. Like, yeah. I was so hyped. Pain like, free and have mobility in your yeah, life. Yeah, I mean, I still yeah. had like pain a but, little bit, but I was able to skate and it like helped so much. And then I ended up getting the cover of Transworld Skateboarding. Mm -hmm like a month and a half after that, which was just like insane and kind of like lifted my spirits. I was I did an X Games Real Street part after that and, and just was able to kind of like, like I literally had like the, like the last nail of the coffin was like being hammered in and I was just like, I kicked that shit out and got that surgery and like <laughs> yeah. gave myself a few more years of yeah. skating and it's just been, it's been such a blessing too to have had that surgery because I can still surf and I can still skate and it's yeah. Let's just, let's talk talk a little bit you know about surf. Wait, you know? sure. before that though, yeah. Skateboarders, 
in your career, right? Like your occupation as a professional skateboarder. What a, what were your duties? Like what what were you expected to do by your brands? <laughs> yeah. Just skateboard, right? And get photos and get video and go on tour when they had to go. You're like a free surfer, but it's skateboarding. Yeah, it is. But you're but if you're not showing up in the magazines every month, if yeah. you sort of like have a lapse in presence, it's noticed. They used to take Toy Machine used to take all of the all of the riders on all the teams foundation Toy Machine. They used to send out like here's who got photos in these magazines, and so. They'd, it'd be they like, kept an order, like it'd be like Don Yuen got the most, or Harmony got the most, or or Billy Marks got the most this month, and then you would get photo incentive checks too with that. So it'd be like on top of what you made, if you had the toy sticker yeah. on your nose and you could see it, or on your board and you could see it, you got extra money. If it was just like a, a single page or like a little square, you maybe get a couple hundred bucks. If it was a cover, you maybe got like three grand or something. You know. Remember so, that this. They, they did it in all, all the sports, but like the advertising and editorial meters, you know, they yeah. would run it like once a year, like exposure oh, meter. Exposure yeah. meter, yeah. yeah. And it would have the, you know, what athletes got, you know, all the cover, yeah. or not, or the ads, and then who got the editorial, editorial matched up and yeah. see what, how it correlated. It's kind of fun to How funny, because um, that's a business. I oh, mean, yeah. Toy Machine's paying you guys to get coverage. Marketing. Marketing, yeah. Because... Yeah. You're, you're the athletes and the stars of the brand. So if you're not, you know, showing up in the magazines or the videos, you're 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 worth less. Totally. Right? Totally. But like with with training, did you train? Like did you work out? Never. Physical like <laughs> Isn't that funny? Oh yeah, it's so funny. We should be so never stretching. I, I would have thought like, man, I, I better learn how to do the splits because mm-hmm. how many times you just see the mm-hmm. legs. I know. Yeah, your, your training I mean, was skateboarding. Just, yeah, your training was skateboarding, and yeah. there was no, there's no like. I mean, I'm sure like Nyjah probably gets a massage and a and visits a physical therapist like every probably few days. I would think. Yeah. You know, and and if looking back, I probably would do the same thing. Like, oh, I'm gonna go visit the dock and have them like adjust me so that I'm like performing at my highest level yeah. like but there just wasn't that there wasn't that uh, that was like sort sort of like the pre-globalization like now yeah. that now that Nike's involved and and all these different brands kind of brought it to this globalized place yeah. that it's at now there's trainers and there's there's a well, little they wanna, bit more on the table. They want to protect their investments. Too. Nutrition, you know, like yeah, nutritionist like, diet. We need, diet, this, yeah, we need this guy to you know last a few more years. We're paying them a shitload of money. Like let's make sure and and they're doing it with all their other athletes anyway. So it's like just totally. makes sense. The knowledge too of the the benefits of that I feel like wasn't a generally known thing. I feel like nowadays people are so much more health conscientious. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't eat wheat because uh, it's not the same as it used to be. Or oh, I don't yeah. do this, and it's like. People are so much more affected by those things. I mean, like, dude, I mean, in the early 2000s, like, a lot of people still smoked. Like, you could smoke in restaurants. Yeah, like, most of the country and stuff. Like, it's so different now. Like, it was a different, it was just, the candle was burning at both ends and nobody cared. It was just, that's how it was. Yeah. There there was no such thing as gluten free. Yeah, Yeah. no, no, hell no. Yeah, I had a Dr. G, chiropractor, sports doctor, and uh, he he was, I mean, a blessing for us, man. It's like, yeah, going a couple of days a week when we're home, you know, we travel a lot. So, but when we're home, we were yeah. in there like getting worked on. It was, 
Yeah, beneficial. That's for sure. Oh yeah, you hit yeah. the water and you're like, wow, I feel balanced. Like I feel like I can move my hip a little better today. Everything my back. Yeah. Yeah. So so surfing. Yeah. When yeah. did when did surfing become more of your passion too? Um. Well, like I was saying, like when I was really young, I got into surfing, and then Scott Cooper taught me to surf and taught his son at the same time. So we were always just going out. You know, anywhere we could. They lived right off Brookhurst, so that was like the spot. Yeah. You know, medium tide, we'd head down there and just surf there. Sick. And then <clears throat> when I got sponsored by Ruka, um, I still was like shortboarding and, and everything. And then I started hanging out with Nost and stuff, like at Ruka and like yeah. skating the bowl and stuff with him. And he's like, dude, you should try to ride a log. Like, like <laughs> I was just like, I don't really like. I mean, I was aware of, like, the Endless Summer, and I yeah. appreciated, like, the sort of, like, classic, you know, era, and, like, he sort of was the person that was sort of harnessing behind a Joel Tudor. He was, like, the person that was sort of harnessing that energy and that... that oh, for sure. ...pulling from, from the classic aspects of surfing. And uh, he was writing for um, Robert August at the time. He's like, dude, you should come down to Robert August. Like, check it out. So I went to Robert August, and they had a bunch of his pro model um, in different colors and stuff. And he was like, can I give Josh one of these boards? So Nosey gave me one of these pro boards. And nice. So that was like, that really got me like out in the water again. I was surfing like a little bit, yeah. shortboard, but here and there. And did then, you own a board? I did. Okay. Yeah. What were you riding before uh, the... Almeric, like okay. everyone. But uh, uh, when I was at Grom, I had an Aloha board. I said a TNC when I was a kid. I had a Rusty. Nice. Yeah, I had a few different boards that were really good. But there was just something about his, the exposure to the old boards and stuff that really, for some reason, made it click for me. I don't know why. Yeah. But uh, I started surfing a lot, like at Blackies and stuff. And then he actually he started a board company with uh, Robin Hegel uh, called Gato Heroi. Yep. Remember that brand? Yep. And then he gave me a board from them and surfed that a bunch. And then I started like, I started exploring into like fun boards, like fun boards, twins, like, and, twins yeah. and fishes and just like, where is this going? And then like, I don't know. Now, now I, I ride everything, you know, I just like whatever the day calls for. Mm -hmm. If my body's banged up, I'll take out an egg. If, if it's really small, like a log, you know, like, but I love shoreboarding. Like, I feel like that's kind of where. It all started for me, you know, like just surfing. You still like, got that mindset. I want yeah. to drop and, yeah. and it's so similar to skating. Like you, you sort of engage the board. It's like you're not really like on top of the water. You're like in it, and yeah. really, you're like generating speed and stuff. And a little so, bit yeah. hard, more hardcore, you know. Yeah, but, a but more hardcore. The, the reward is like tenfold, though. You know, like oh, if yeah. you, you know, don't expect to go out and like, you know surf three hours and expect to rip every wave. But if you just think, I just want to, you know. Do one good turn or one good oh, close yeah. out or you know like it was it, and when you get that one turn or that one wave yeah it's yeah. like all right you like to ride twin fins right yeah it does yeah, yeah I like I like twin fins I like thrusters too I I dude I caught a wave at sunset it was like it's probably a couple feet overhead when I was in Hawaii last time and I was on a board that was probably a little too small for that day it was a, it it was a twin and it it went I mean it's fast. Like, yeah it's so fast and like fun yeah so, at yeah. sunset at sunset yeah i love all those spots in hawaii every time i go there i always keep it super mellow and like yeah. paddle out and stay on the outside of the lineup and like kind of wait to kind of get ushered into the pack 
but every time I've I've just had such a beautiful experience there, like Hawaii Rocky Forest. Point, awesome. Valley yeah. Land, uh, well, how, Sunset. Yeah, I mean, all how, those spots how spoiled so is this fun. guy? He was probably going over for Ruka for the Ruka Alohas every year, right? Because yeah. yeah. they bring everybody, yeah. and then now he's handling it for Vans, and he's over there for the Triple Crown. Yeah, you go over there for the most. The, yeah, well, before pipe masters. Yeah. Before we go to Vans, yeah. Let's, let's talk about the rest of your pro skateboarding career. Sure, if you don't mind. Yeah. So, come come back after 2015. When when was that hip 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 surgery? 2015. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I came back and did that for a little bit, and then, so then, <laughs> I mean, I had video parts and covers and all that stuff at that point, and then. You know, it got harder and harder as I got older to like keep getting good photos and stuff. You know, it's like we all have a shelf life and in our careers, you know, yeah. as far as like being able to secure a sponsor. And at the time, my wife and I owned our house in Long Beach and I got a call from Toy Machine and they were like, hey, we've got these new riders on the team and this and that. And like, we're, we're not going to be able to pay you what we did before. And so... I was able to like kind of keep keep up the slack by getting like different placements and like you know making music for video parts making music for commercials and things so I kind of like had my hand I was like kind of doing a lot of different stuff at the end you're of my transitioning without career. transitioning because exactly. you were like already doing other stuff because of the hip problem yeah. and then it was like well my skating career is like going really good and I was able to like kind of get it back up to a really good level but then after a while it got more and more difficult to just you know, your body's just like, you start getting into your late 20s, you know, and yeah. you're just, you're, you slow down. It's just inevitable, yeah. you know, you get, you get getting old sucks. 30s, yeah, yeah, getting old sucks. <laughs> so I was like, recuperating takes longer. Yeah, I was like and in my early 30s and it started to really t- start up to affect me, you know. Yeah. And like, well, recuperating injuries. takes longer and injuries mean more oh. when you have kids and family, you know, like. Because you you have to like be a dad, yeah. And if you're if you're always like hurting yourself, not you're not helping the fam. Yeah, it's like a double negative. Yeah, like yeah. Hurting your career and uh, I don't know if I'm gonna hit that <laughs> twelve stair. No, you know I got yeah yeah. You start making you're other... basically gambling like with what you got. Yeah, you know, and like the the longer you're in it, the harder it is to place those bets because the stakes are higher and higher every time and there's less yeah. time. It's now, now there's like 11 year olds hitting 12 stairs and now they're doing 20 and you're yeah. like, yeah, I think I'm ready to <laughs> yeah. wrap it up. Yeah. Send it kid. Good for you. So I did, I did like the sort of freelance art and music stuff for, for Ruka and, and different brands. And, <clears throat> and then it got to the point where I just couldn't pay my bills anymore and it just got really tough. And, uh, I ended up trying to get a, like a full-time job. I tried at Ruka, I tried at Vans, I tried at everywhere I knew, America. Like I, I reached out, I, I shook the tree everywhere I could, you know, like help me like make, make the transition, you know, like I'll, I'll, I'm a hard worker, like this and that. But it's interesting because when you're a pro athlete, there's sort of like a stigma almost that like you've lived this lifestyle yeah. and like, we don't really want you like we don't really want you in this like sort of corporate environment because you're not used to it and it's a huge risk and you don't have experience you know so you're sort of like left at taking whatever you can kind of get you know what i mean unless you like find an avenue like that dude that went right into photography that you guys interviewed uh, i can't think of his name right now jeff 
Novak. Novak, yeah. yeah. So I couldn't find I couldn't find a job at all and was gonna lose my house. So I put it on the market for sale. And we were thinking like, oh, we'll just rent. And then uh, this is really hard for me to say, but I was so desperate that the only thing I could find was a job in marketing at a textile company in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Wow. So I moved my family from Southern California to Minneapolis to get my foot in the door in the corporate world. Um, I got a job there in between marketing and sales, um, working um, with sales on like big orders and stuff for textile. And so I'd take calls and do like close these huge deals for, you know what I mean? Millions of dollars on, you know, assisting sales and, 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 you know, helping on the marketing side as well. And I did that for three years and um, it was the hardest. You didn't learn your lesson with your family moving to Chicago? But it was by necessity. Yeah, that's true. You have to make those decisions. Dude, I didn't have any, dude, I I didn't want to dig a hole. I didn't want to go into debt, you know. But at the same time, it was like, it was really, it was like a college education for me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it was a company that gave me a chance and, you know, I learned a lot, you know. Um, but about three years into it, I, my mental health started to suffer. I really started to miss Southern California. Like yeah. it's my home here. Like I couldn't, like I, I, I bought a house on a lake. I had a sailboat. I had all this stuff. But it wasn't but Southern, it wasn't Southern, Southern yeah. California. And it basically got to the point where I quit my job and we sold the house and moved to California on faith. Wow. And I was like, I'm, I'm supposed to live in California. I'm moving back. We're doing this. And my wife was like, she saw how bad my mental health was becoming that she was like, we have to do this. Like, we're, it'll work out. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So we, we put all of our stuff in a pack rat, dropped my kids off at my parents' house. They live in Canyon Lake. I in California, I draw. I we come we come to Costa Mesa. Stay. I have like friends everywhere in SoCal because of my career and stuff. I stay at my buddy Carl's house. We have four days. We're driving around Costa Mesa, going to everything that's online, everything that's for rent. You know, I don't have a job. I don't have anything. Yeah. Right. Like I'm like like just a rent a place is a struggle because yeah, you got to show like proof. You know, W twos and bank. You know, like it's totally. So we exhaust every single opportunity online that exists. And it's like, well, I don't know if it's going to work out. I don't know what the next chapter holds for us. Like, I don't really want to move into my parents' like place. Like, I, like, yeah. like you gotta, you got to imagine at this point, like, the humbling that I went through. You oh, know what I mean? Yeah. I just got my ass kicked out in the Midwest. Like, there was some beneficial things to going there, but overall, it just hurt me. I made money on the house there, yeah. but I got punished on the house out here because I bought it in 2006, mm-hmm. and then in 2008, the market collapsed. Yeah. I rode the end tails of my career through it. I put my life savings in the house, over hundred grand into the house in Long Beach, and it went from being worth $500,000 to being worth $350,000, so I lost all my money on paper. Yeah held on till the end of my career through being negative on that house, going through that hip surgery stuff with a house that was where all my money that I put into the house was now worth less. I'm paying a mortgage that's upside down on the house. I lose my skate career. The house comes back up to 500. I sell it, move out of California, buy a place out there on the lake, 
do that thing for three years. That house goes up. I make a little bit of money. Yeah. So I'm sitting on my nest egg again. I make a little bit of money again, but I'm like moving back to California. Which is so expensive. Yeah. And it was so scary, dude. Like, yeah. And I'm learning all this shit on my own. I'm like, no one gives a shit about me. Yeah. I would call people I knew in the industry and like, I love them still, but like people ghosted me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it was weak. And, yeah. and what I, year was this? This was probably this... Like when I moved back to mm -hmm. California, this is, we've been back for almost six years now. So <clears throat> we, so we're driving around, we exhaust all the places. We, we, my wife's like, let's go to that bear flag spot. And it's like kind of like the only, the one that was on in Newport, Newport still yeah. there. And I was like, okay, cool. That sounds cool. We'll get, we'll, we'll get some fish and it'll be good. And, and so we're driving down, um, you know, one of the schools in, in Costa Mesa, my wife's like, let's go by one of the schools. Since it's on a podcast, I won't name the school. But so I'm like, okay. So we drive down by the school and like our kids could maybe go here if we find a place, blah, blah, blah. And this lady stops right in front of us and like lets her kids out of the car. And while I'm stopped in the car, I look over and there's this little rent sign that's on like the street light pole, right? And it just has an address. And I'm like, this isn't this one wasn't on, on anything. Like, yeah. let's go check this out. I drive up to it. Like a for sale by owner, but like wasn't advertised, just a pinup. Yeah. And so I'm typing the I'm typing the number on the phone and while I'm literally typing in the number, this car pulls up next to me and this lady goes, Are you about to type the number on the phone? And I'm like, Yeah. She's like, I own the place, I'll show it to you right now. What? And I was like, what? Like, okay, so she shows she it to that me. place. Yeah, she owned the place as she was driving by. And then, so we walk in there and like, we're, we're like talking and she, she just, she was like, so like, where do you work? Like, where do you have a job? And I just like pulled her shirt up. I was like, just moved I was back. like, I just Gave moved back. Story. Like, I don't. I don't have anything to show for anything. Like I don't have a job right now, but I promise you I'm good for it. Like I will like I will bust tables and like become a waiter or whatever I have to do to like have my family live here. Like I told her she was like, I believe you. Like the place is yours. And so she let me rent it seriously. for like all on faith. And it dude it, it seriously I really believe that God like directed sure. me to that spot and then like Dude, it's so crazy too because like I had a dream like years ago <clears throat> that was so crazy. It was like so vivid. It was like while I was still in my career and I had this kid on my shoulders and I had we had only had our two sons and I remember thinking like who is this kid? And it was like one of those dreams that just didn't feel like a regular dream. And we're like walking on this sand and the sand was like super hard to walk on, right? And I remember like talking to my wife in the dream, like this is so hard, like what are we gonna do? Wow. And then these boards, these boards come and like lay in the sand, like shoop, shoop, shoop. And we're walking on the boards and the dream. And I'm like, it's getting easier, it's getting easier, right? Like, oh, this is so great, like it's getting easier. And it's like sand, right? Like at the beach. Yeah. And so we, we, like right after we moved into that apartment, my buddy was working the US Open for Vans and he couldn't do it that year because he had this big project to work on for the Irvine company doing like digital renderings and stuff for the projects they do. So I, I like got thrown in the hat to do this. I, I meet Chrissy Van Doren, she like brings me to Steve Van Doren at Vans and is like, 
dad, is he cool? And Steve, like, looks me up and down, like, at a vibe <laughs> check kind of thing. And he was like, he's cool. Then he gives me the credit card. This is seriously, like, off of nothing. Like, they just fully, like, tr- entrusted me. But, but you had a friend vouch for you. Yeah, so I had a friend vouch for But, yeah, like, you didn't know. You're post yeah. So they did you like, ride for vans? No. No, but I, I competed in well, I actually did. I, I was getting products. So you had some street cred. Yeah. I had some street cred. <laughs> and then I also won I won their downtown showdown contest in the past. They paid me like sixty grand. I I won the best trick in one of the things and Toy Machine won it. So we got like the we got the I got the lion's share of like the whole contest that yeah. year. And <clears throat> but then, so I do. I'm doing the U.S. Open. They hired you on the spot. They hired me on the spot. So I'm doing. I I did. I ordered the catering and I did the welcome center. So I I was like the VIP welcome center person. I organized all of it on Excel and like budgeted like all the catering and stuff. And so I I took it on and it was successful. But the crazy thing, bro, when I was working at the U.S. Open, was it clicked. That dream that I saw was the U.S. Open. The boards in between the all sand. the sections in the sand. The boards were on the sand, right? And I'm what? like, oh my gosh! Like this is the door that makes it easier for me. Like this is like is it was like God was showing me that He was gonna open a door in the future for me at Vans. And so, <laughs> so I'm walking on the boards, and it's like it the came clicks. to my mind. Like yeah. this is it. Like when would you've seen that? Like I mean, like you know, boards on the beach, and the, like it's just yeah, a walkway, totally a walkway. Yeah. And then we had our my youngest son Archie. You know, before that dream, and so it was like all this stuff. That's that why came the third, the third kid, you're was like on what? my, and I'm holding him on my shoulders, like carrying the weight of like this, all this uncertainty in the dream, and like, yeah, and then so then they were like flying me out, and I'm I was helping with all these different contests and different things, and then so that led to like more events like support. Yep, and then a marketing position. Um, over Southern California, like like Orange County, San Diego, and Hawaii came up. They're like, we think you'd be perfect for this position. Like you, like if you go for it, like it'll be yours. And so I went for it and got it. And yeah, it's been amazing. Like I mean, I'm not making like buku bucks or anything like but I you did. Got in job the security year, and a killer company, and it's local. And I feel so grateful, honestly. And I've learned so much about marketing and and just. Just all the little ins and outs and things that Vans is really good about. Like I, it's been a huge learning curve and, and an awesome one. And the connections and to be able to still work in skating and surfing and to go and like drive around and keep a surfboard in the car and like get yeah. a few waves in on the, you know, in the day. And it's just, it's been beautiful. Yeah, yeah money, money's not everything. It's also about quality, quality of life and, yeah, and, and, and being in the same, you know, like, industry that has been you know giving you your whole life you know a hundred percent and i know that i know i know from firsthand because i was making good money when i was living in in um minnesota, minnesota and it, there was no amount of money that could could reciprocate the feeling of when you are paddling into a wave and you <laughs> feel that energy first click and you stand up and you get out of the water and you're literally like high you know what I mean it's like there's no it's so therapeutic but in so many ways I'll never live in the ocean ever again for the rest of my life my my wife laughed at me because she knew she was marrying a surfer like she knew I was one and 
I'm like, I can't, you know, I gave her like the border. So the coast here runs, you know, kind of diagonal and then every street's like north or northwest, you know, like I'm like, okay, it's got to be on this side of this street, you know, or this light. It can't be past that light or whatever. No more than a mile from the beat, you know, yeah. she's like, are you for real? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Same like, with me. I'm like, straight up. Adams is the farthest I'm gonna go. Yeah. I go. I don't want my kids having to bike too far to the beach, you know. Yeah. Like, Brookhurst, <laughs> Brookhurst, the beach to Adams. That's our square. Yeah, yeah. it is so funny. When, yeah. when you were uh, saying about no money can reciprocate, I was. It was funny because in my mind, I'm, I'm listening to. Uh, Spicoli at the liquor at the liquor store when when Judd Hirsch goes, dude, you need a job. He goes, he's like, all I need is a cool buzz, tasty waves, and I'm, I'm fine. fine. <laughs> yeah, know, he's pretty spot on. He's yeah. Pretty spot on. No, and but, I, 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 you know, we're not we're not doing poorly. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong. Like. But there's nothing I would trade like for the freedom as well because I still like I'm able to like make art and I'm not trapped in meetings all the time and I'm able to like you know sometimes it's a grind sometimes it gets really crazy sometimes they get way yeah. more out of me than they pay for but for the most part like I'm able to have a malleable schedule in the way that like as long as I'm like meeting my marks and like doing what I do it's like it's it's good it's but, a really good work-life balance but you have that creative side of you like you're just saying like I you know now I'm able to like you know pursue those other outlets that are part of your life totally. you know like when you're stuck in board meetings or sales calls all day you know one hard enough to be away from the beach but then now like all the other outlets music art all that's not really so happening either yeah you've, you've done some art exhibits too <clears throat> yeah yeah i've done uh i've had shows i did i was doing shows in minneapolis i've done shows in la um, i've done shows in new york i've done um exhibitions in new zealand Damn. Um, yeah like yeah it's i really enjoy art and and the process of creation i feel like it's it's really similar to like going surfing like you get out of the water and like you have a good time out there and it's actually working like you get out you feel accomplished like there's something about about just sort of letting your subconscious like lead you into some creative space where you're you, you know you're you're flexing those creative muscles that are really there's there's a similar endorphin that's released I think yeah. when you when you what, create what kind of medium do you work with painting um... yeah everything really I mean I I but mostly painting, yeah. Illustration too, but mostly painting. Um, some, some like cutouts as well, like wood and things like that too. It's rad. Like mixed yeah. media kind of stuff. Yeah, mixed media. Yeah, yeah. anything that just kind of like, I don't know, anything that that makes you feel something. I think is kind of like the key attribute. You know, it's like yeah. you're you're. It's like the same with music. You know, it's like you kind of write it for yourself, but you. And, and you're excited about making something and you hope that it translates to other people and it's like amazing when it does you know it doesn't all the time but it's like I don't know it coming from a pure source and it being something that really stoked you out or like gave you that feeling I think often more times than not when it does like it, it resonates with other people were you a drawer like as a young kid like always doodling and stuff yeah. like when you travel because I mean you know we didn't you know travel with all this like entertainment you know you had a yeah. book and you know 
maybe Drew, maybe the journal, you know, journal, you like yeah, in, you, yeah, you know, magazine, you know, like you've had to fill your time on a lot of that, you know. Yeah, so yeah, were you sure. were you traveling a lot and yeah, taking like doodling stuff? Yeah. and like yeah, oh yeah, hundred percent, yeah. Yeah, see. That's... Did you ever want to start your own company, like a skateboard I've, or? I've thought about it. There's actually a company that I don't want to like. I don't want anybody to steal the idea, but I, I feel like there could be room for it in action sports, but it's not necessarily like, yeah, I've got some ideas that yeah. I'm stewing, kicking around with my buddy, and, and we've been thinking about trying to find some investors and stuff for That's it cool. here in the future. So we're kind of getting the we're kind of getting the business plan and numbers down and yeah and things, but you know, Lord knows where it'll go. It's right now it's still just kind of in formation, but it's so, definitely it will incorporate art and stuff. What uh, skate brands are you into now? Uh, I don't know. I've always really loved Crooked. I think Mark Gonzalez is incredible. Yeah. I've always loved his skating is so original. I mean, he's, he's really the godfather of modern street skating. I yeah. think he's contributed more than any other skateboarder to street skateboarding, I think. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's he can skate pools and bowls, but he's also just... You know, he's kick flipping over a bar where the bolt board goes through the bar and just like, what? Crazy. He board slid kinked rails back when people couldn't even skate rails. You know what I mean? He, and so, rightfully so, I think his, his, uh, his contribution to art and skateboarding, I think, are, are uh, paramount as far as street skating. Yeah. You know, I think, like, I would say it's like, it's Mark Gonzalez. Ed is in there for sure. Um, <clears throat> yeah, there's there's a yeah. I think Crooked's probably my favorite. I really love Baker. I've always loved Baker. I think Reynolds and that whole crew like does such a great job. Mm -hmm. I love Spanky. He's still killing it. His art that he contributes yeah. to their board graphics are are so cool. I love that. Uh, that his career has just still like I I feel like he's almost skating more creatively and more with power than I think even like his whole yeah he's career. got it's like, a, it definitely seems not like, like a, a second win yeah like a yeah. few years ago he kind of took a turn where it's like you know he, he, he stayed in his lane and now yeah. it's like he's, it feels like he's more creative and definitely because he got sober him. right yeah I was on the Ruka trip that we were actually in Hawaii and he was just drinking way too much and he couldn't even bend his knees like this is the low, lowest point of my career and uh Right after that, he made the decision to become sober. And after that, he just, just it was like Flourished, all huh? of the injuries that he had, like he rebounded from, you know. And yeah. Like his knee problems and, you know, his ankle or whatever, like were, you know, revitalized somehow yeah. through that. That's great for him. Yeah, I'm stoked for him too. It's really awesome. He, uh, you know Justin Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. We we have him still shredding. Too. He's still shredding too. Yeah, he's insane. He's been. You know, skating and filming with Spanky and Chad Tim Tim and yeah, it's that other guy Rob Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's cool to see these guys. Yeah, still doing it and having fun and yeah. and, and those guys are surfing too. Like not maybe not Spanky and Rob, but yeah. Justin and yeah, Chad Fit, Tim fishing Tim. a ton and like I mean it's there's still a place because it's so inspirational even to like the older guys and, and, and so much to the younger guys too. It's like, oh, that guy, you know, to, to rip at, you know, an older age, 
it's cool amongst your peers, but it's oh, I yeah. think the kids too get a freaking like wow, like, yeah. you know, yeah. Well, especially when you have a name like it, well, well, for sure. But it's like, <laughs> I, I, oh, Josh, he still fucking rips, you yeah. know, like it's kind of rad. Yeah. Are you still hitting? Oh yeah, I still skate all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah, I can still tray flip and front blunt and <laughs> what's your setup bro <laughs> what's my setup tray flip is like my uh, kids grip i've got a i've got a i usually like to ride like an 8.375 and bigger indie trucks and like 54s it's like my setup what's your brain what toy machine toy machine yeah I still get boards from toy. They're, they'll always be my family. Yeah. yeah. It's never. There's You're sponsored for life. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Did, for sure. Did uh, Did you ever get to do a guest edit or guest board for Crooked? No, I would love to do something like That'd that. That'd be though. sick. I would love that. Yeah. We'll throw. That I know. In I need the... to. I need to start. Uh, I need to start like making some mock-ups and sending them even to Toy Machine too, and do some more stuff with them. Yeah. So what board are you riding surfboard right now? Uh, surfboard, I've got an Elmore Fish that mm-hmm. I use a lot that uh, Troy's shaped for Alex noticed um, a while back. And it's almost like a knee board, but it's like a it's like a 5.5, five, really fat, buoyant fish. But the thing just goes and it's super skatey. I really like that thing a lot. I've also got, I've got a Rocket Wide Almeric that I really like. Nice. It's a super, it's like, I got a thruster set up on that thing and which is super fun when the waves are kind of smaller, you know, like it's like two to three, three to four. I ride that. Which is common here. Yeah. Except for last week. <laughs> Very but, common. But yeah, I mean, you need boards to, for all conditions. Yeah. Get you psyched. Yeah. You know? And then I have a, I have a, a five, nine, um, Russell. Nice. Short board that I really like a lot and uh, Grant helped me get that. Grant Noble? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, because he, he shapes for them and stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah, and then I have a couple logs. I have a, I have a, a Troy Elmore log. I've got a, um, there's a shaper, Jack Sykes. Yeah, yeah. Lineup. Yeah, yeah. lineup. Yeah. yeah, he has, a, I have an egg that he shaped that I've had for like 20 years and it's like, I always, I, just still have that it. board in my car. Yeah, it's so it's such a beater, but it's just like a it's like a six nine or something, and it it's just perfect. You could almost it was a mid lengther before mid lengthers were around. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and it just it goes in anything. And What's maybe, a fin set up on that one? It's a single. Single. Fin. Yeah, and it's kind of tapered. It's like a pintail, but it's yeah. it's a it's definitely more of like a more of a like a longboard look or sort of outline yeah. but it's an egg it's like a pintail egg that's cool yeah, I, I was just remembering the, the sessions we had at was that 26 yeah so fun when it was big dude yeah. that last swell dude that or that big swell was that in like February or something? I can't remember January December. late January was, I, I think was, December yeah like, right after it, the holidays yeah yeah it that was, was unreal after, it was like, like the Christmas and New Year's because after yeah. that it just went yeah, yeah, the lower jetties was like the biggest it had like ever been. It yeah, was like yeah. so good. The lefts were just like it was going on. We had it a couple days insane. Yeah, that was, was so fun. Sharing ways with him, it was so freaking fun. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, there's nothing Not wrong. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> have you, have you done any wave pools? No, I wish that sounds so fun. I'd love to do that Waco one and the Kelly Slater and yeah, I, I any of them. Yeah, yeah. We've been fortunate. Yeah. Got him to ride. Yeah, Kelly's so pool. Sick. 
and I finally he's been a couple times to Waco and I finally got to do Waco you did. Two, week, two weekends ago no way yeah. it's fun highly recommend it yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I, just, I just don't want to hey like skateboarding's not a crime wave pools are not a crime no no I'm yeah. not against them at all it sounds fun <laughs> although I am it's almost like I almost like feel like it's like if you're like content it's like a drug you're content with or something it's like you just try something that's so next level it's like how yeah. do you come down from that like well, it'd be like yeah. it's, a it's like for, for like well, addicts that like try heroin they're just every like, way oh, pool like they're addicted like is, I, it would like ruin surfing yeah <laughs> a wave pool is a straight up addiction like yeah. mind screw because yeah. you you're yeah. like it's the same every time, you yeah. know? We never experience that. Surfers, it's all, you know, yeah, you yeah. could be at some reef spots that are kind of similar or point break, but, like, yeah. you just start breaking down. He's so analytical on, like, okay, well, if I hold that turn, you know, like, you just overthink it. Yeah. And then you want more. You're yeah. like, I could oh, do yeah. better. Yeah. You know, I could, it's like, ugh. How do we come right? up with yeah. 70 grand to come back here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, I was just in Hawaii. We, you know, we didn't do that Washington, D.C. trip. We went to Hawaii, and my son went and did that that the lineup yeah. at Waikai, which is that like flow rider type wave. Sick, yeah. Yeah. And where you go back and forth yeah. all across yeah. the thing. And, and it looked uh, like you got it. It was like I I had uh, elbow injury so I couldn't I couldn't uh I cooked it at Rocky Point, got smashed, had to get some stitches. Um but he Did you really? Yeah. Match it? Yeah. And uh but we you know we tried to do something fun with the kids and that was on the hit list, you know, and uh he did two two sessions which are like just about an hour and uh yeah he got it figured out pretty quick and it was like it looks so fun yeah. he, he was like can we do it again can we do it every time we come and i'm like i don't know that's so but it was a uh, super fun to watch it because yeah. it's a restaurant killer setup and yeah i mean are your kids it's not in- a wave it's but you could work on technique there's a little hip where you could like pop in air and there's a rebound i mean it's yeah it's good for yeah it looks super training fun. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. I always wonder because I I can I've done like a couple little airs like surfing like yeah. but I can only imagine where if you have a controlled environment you'd be like okay here comes like here comes the section it's where like skateboarding yeah. yeah an air and like perfect it a little bit yeah. for sure yeah it gives that opportunity to perfect and, and kind of work on I would love yeah. that I, would. I mean the whole Rick Kane North Shore scenario yeah could very well happen in the future. <laughs> Like somebody from inland somewhere yeah. that grew up surfing a wave pool. There's always a chance. Could be, you know. You heard about that girl? I, I, I bought this up before, but there's some snowboarding girl phenomenon who's like 10 or 11 years old. Uh-huh. And she's a phenomenal snowboarder. But she's surf Waco. Mm-hmm. And she's doing airs, like 360 airs, never been to the ocean. Insane. <laughs> Dude, I, I don't know. Wow. I, I can't. I can imagine like one with. There's got to be some way. Like I can just envision like that that big plunger one yeah, with yeah. the lake. Like you could do that in so many places. You could have that thing in Midwest. Like in Minnesota, they have ten thousand lakes there. Yeah. There has to be lakes I, there that I they met, could do that yeah. plunger. I right? met that guy they at Waco. Like, yeah, I forget his name now. What's but, it? Surf lakes. Surf, surf lakes. lakes. Yeah, but. There's yeah, poon. All of those different technologies are, are so they're, they're all great. great in their own yeah. way. You know, yeah. it just depends on like on the money where you want it and yeah, how, what, how much space. How much money. space you got? Because I can imagine like, I mean like it like 
you could just imagine like a wave pool being at a mall and like spectators can watch and there's a little restaurant on yeah. the pier of the fake wave yeah. and it's an indoor environment in the middle of January 100%. and people, girls are getting their tan, they're out there like in the, you know what I mean, watching hire, the kids. You hire surf. some pros like, and scene. have a, It have becomes a scene into itself. Well, Palm Springs is going to happen pretty soon. Um, that's going to be open hopefully by the end of the year. Yeah. And then that's gonna be there's going to be two in, in Palm Springs, and then there's going to be one in Oceanside. Oh, I heard about that. But the guy that created or was part of the creation founders of the Surf Lakes one, he was at, um, he was at Waco and surfed in our session. Oh, sick. And I forget the guy's name, but he was talking about bringing that to the US. I'm like, really? You're gonna he's like, yeah, we're we're, we're working on it. Like, Dude, it should. It's I well, feel like there's gonna be the formula has been proven. No matter yeah. where you put one, yeah. it's booked out every freaking single day yeah, of the 100%. year. Like so there's a need for more. Yeah. You know, just just when and where and how much Vegas. Yeah. Well that's what I Yeah, there's like no win. Like he and Miyazaki, we used to go and there used to be like this is a way pool in Japan, like I don't know if it's still there. I was, I, I, but they used to do a little theatrical, yeah. like, because it's a water park. Yeah. And at, at certain times of day, they would do this, like, kind of king of the the surf who gets the chick, and they do this little theatrical, like, you know, skit where they surf and they get the chick and everything. It was pretty cheesy, but like, they loved it. Yeah. And, and that, like, <laughs> actually, metal, the guy, the the hero. Yeah. When I went but, way back in the but day. But any. You put like that setting in like a Vegas or a space because that that the lineup at Waikai had a restaurant yeah. and hangout and it was killer setup and you could put that and and make it a full business. Yeah, for bro, sure. you put Outside it in of, Hawaii and people are still going to it. Yeah. You yeah. put it out in the Midwest, dude. It's gonna be yeah. out of control. Yeah, but yeah, it's so, funny when you know that saying. You know, you're bringing sand to the beach, right? Yeah, yeah. But it Doesn't still matter. works. Yeah, yeah. People want to be entertained, and yeah. it, it, there's and so have, much money. The surf. If you have good food and drinks, I'd rather have food, good food and drinks and watch people either, you know, it's rip or not at that point. Yeah. Or you're like, dude, you're just straight up enjoying it. Like you yeah. could, like, yeah, it's it's cool. Yeah, it's it's definitely the wave of the future. Yeah. So, are you working on any music or I'm always working yeah. on music. Yeah, I've always always Are you writing. playing gigs and stuff at all or Yeah, yeah, here and there, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Is it anything coming up soon that you want to promote? Uh, no, I wish there was, but hopefully this summer some more gigging. I actually just had breakfast with uh, Leo Romero and he Sick. has a band and uh, I think when he gets back from the tour that he's on, we're going to set up some shows in LA and maybe in Long Beach and stuff too. Yeah, let us know. We'll promote yeah. it. I'll promote it. Cool. Yeah, what about you. art? Like, uh, Nothing on the docket right now. I, I, I do have some paintings and stuff I'm sitting on. I could probably put a show up pretty easily. Yeah. Um, but do you I'm, know... Nick. I'm just in kind of work mode and dad mode a lot of the time, but yeah. I, I'm always down. You so should, if anybody's uh, listening to this and wants to do something fun, let's yeah. do this. You know Bliss? Remember Bliss Magazine? Of course, yeah. He, he's got a gallery now. Oh, no way. Yeah, you should talk to Those him. Right here. What, what uh, streets is it on? I don't even know. I'm like so six, bummed. But our six, friend six, seven, that we just interviewed, Pomona, two, somewhere over there. Jeff, uh, Jason Kenworthy, just had an exhibit or had some art up there some oh, photography cool. Dude, that's awesome. but it's right here so Sick. we should put you in touch or 
try to yeah dude let me know like any of those like big collaborative like there was this the highway one those were super cool i don't know if those guys are doing that stuff anymore but we did one at like the boat boat house or boat yeah boat house collective collective. yeah Yeah, those were super fun i'd love to do that again those were cool yeah make some extra scratch and you know yeah yeah. have a party and play music and sell smart dude come on it's about do this (laughs) re-release turn pro again (laughs) Oh shoot! Yeah. It's like six thirty. I know. We got, I don't want to. I don't want to keep going. If we did. We got a wrap. Guys have. Yeah. We all got kid duty. Yeah, yeah, I do for sure. You were gonna ask me if my kids surf though. I know yeah. you were. Yeah. My eldest son got the bug, and yeah. and he's got a bike, and so he's always down there. He awesome. he doesn't even go with me anymore. He's got a he's got a crew. He's at Newport Harbor, so he's got a crew of homies that he's always surfing with. That's cool. Epic. Super proud of him and. He's he used to win surf con- or uh, swim contests and swim meets and stuff. So he's my dad was a state champion for surfing or for uh, swimming for swimming. And so he's kind of got there. that. It's right in there. Yeah. Like we're wa- we're our family's always been watermen. Even on my mom's side too, he was like a pioneer of, of uh, underwater photography and stuff as well. Like nice. designed a lot of housings and stuff like that and. And like used to like go down like underwater. He was he, in World War Two. He was a uh, submariner, and Dang. so yeah, like that's harsh. That yeah. is <laughs> living in a freaking t- tube. tin can. Yeah. Like yeah, I know. It's, I, it's so funny um, when you were talking about the Vans thing and 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 running the the VIP. I remember that. I remember when we saw him yeah he's like <laughs> athlete check in or, or vip check in yeah. and everything we're like we, josh get us some wristbands yeah because <laughs> and we just started the podcast uh, yeah i think yeah, I 2019 yeah I and we hit you up yeah. like way back then yeah you did and we're like yeah let's you know we got a podcast it'd be killer to have you on blah 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 and that was here yeah we were just walking to his little that booth to hang out with ago. his board and like suit i'm like look at this guy that was <laughs> four, going to work with it his took board. Us four <laughs> years to get this guy on the podcast how weird is that yeah. you know sorry busy. it took so long man there was we're covid there was yeah. like man yeah it's, it's, it's all good it's been a ride yeah. that's for sure well you know it's a long time coming but like you know Lyndon said like we're here you know to to promote everybody and our friends and and um, Dude, thank you. if you have any cool shit coming up and you want to you know yeah well promote, when know. i when i have another show or this company that i'm thinking of starting up takes off we'll have to get together and talk about it again hell yeah yeah i'm right yeah well thanks for <laughs> yeah, sitting dude. down and sharing your stories yeah. man yeah. epic dude my pleasure josh anytime charmony harmony yeah <laughs> <laughs> should we get him to play one more song i'm just kidding I, uh, <laughs> dude, dude we can't i mean that was amazing that was amazing. Rad. Thanks for having me. Peace. You. Bonsai Bowls. Hands down the best bowls, period. Seven locations. Two in Hawaii, five in Southern California. Bonsai Bowls. Go get some. Caliente Southwest Grill. Clean, healthy Mexican food. Everything is made fresh daily using produce from local farms. Their salsa, their dressing, and even their marinades are made from fresh produce in-house, so almost all of the menu is naturally gluten-free and extremely clean. Family-owned, showing local love for 22 years. Check out their website, calientesouthwest.com, for all your party pack and catering needs. You could also call them at 949-515-0909, calientesouthwest.com. Ashland Hard Seltzer, made from all natural ingredients. 
no sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free. Great taste and guilt-free good times. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Shade Sunscreen. The best sunscreen for all surfers. Shade Sunscreen. It's been around since the sun. Shade, Shade. Sunscreen. Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Fuwax is the best, ickiest, stickiest wax in the game. Fuwax. Late Night with Chalky is supported by Inherent Bummer. Surf entertainment, thoughtful writing, surf videos, music, and fresh hell for the core surf community. Remember, it's not the end of the world. Subscribe and check it all out at InherentBummer.com. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music. 